loud all up in the back seat. She's a squirter. Why would they say that? Why would you say that? Fucking balls. Our listeners are going to know there's a dumb one and a smart one. I told you, they don't know who's who. Science all over your faces. Oh, yes. I'm going to fucking freak out. I am not a nerd. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. We're back. Whoa. We're back. It's people time. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time ever listening to an episode of People Time, we dive into the lives of the most influential people in history. Fuck. Names you've heard before, but you may not know all the details. Well, that's why we're fucking here. Yeah, that's why we, yeah, we do that. Yeah, we, we go into, uh, you know, the stuff you don't always hear about, as well as the stuff that is big, but you probably don't even know the details of that. I mean, I remember we just did a... Uh, what? <laughs> Huh? Tricky dick, and uh, uh, you know, even going into some of the stuff that I kind of knew about, I didn't realize how much I didn't know until doing that research. It's fun. There's like little tidbits that people you generally know. But yeah. There's there's a lot more to know. Yeah. It ties into history and culture, and then also they're often unique individuals or just complete assholes, and that's fun too. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. I've had so many people we've done that I was just like. I'm so conflicted. I like them, but I don't. Yep. So. I've had quite a few that, yeah. Regular people are amoral. Yeah, no one's, uh, no one's really across the board super good. There's been a couple we've done, and they're all female. There seems to be a trend there. Tends, yeah. Women tend to have a higher moral setting than men. Seems to be. I mean, I think just in general. And it also depends on how much you give a fuck about morality, so. A great man way of <laughs> answering. Welcome to. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Philosophical Men Rationalizing Their Behavior show. With your hosts, who are you today? I'm George Shaved Bush. Oh. The second. George Shaved Bush. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. As opposed to my father, George Full Bush. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't use our real names either, because fuck you. His grandfather, George Giant 70s Bush. Oh. Grandpa pictures of him are mm. yeah the family's pretty proud of that shit but i shaved it nice i'm from the 80s that's good you can't have a hooker do a full line of coke off of your dick with pubes all over the fucking place that's it's, just gross yeah, yeah it's rude nobody wants to pick pubes out of their teeth no or nose or, or, pick, <laughs> or, nose. or pick coke out of your pubes nobody, yeah nobody wants to do that nobody wants any of this just no. clean it up so huh? i'm i'm responsible and Someday I'm going to be president, I think. <laughs> Who are you? I am Coach John McGurk. What up, McGurk? Yeah. That's a, an old reference to a show that was uh, called Home Movies. Oh, I love Home Movies. Me too. Old uh, Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah. Coach McGurk was like one of my favorites isn't on that, that show. Isn't that H. John Benjamin? It's the guy who plays uh, Archer and Bob's Burgers. Yeah. That guy's so fucking funny. He has two jazz albums. You should look up. Does he really? Yeah, and he doesn't play piano. <laughs> what? So he, he hires jazz musicians, doesn't tell them that he doesn't play the piano, and then he just plays the piano. <laughs> I've got to listen to this. Um, And there's, it's funny, there's like a making of on YouTube, and the, the musicians are like, he's either like a genius that I don't, I don't understand, or... I don't think he's a musician. That's great. <laughs> I like those are the, like, either he's so good, I even a, a talented man like myself can't keep up. I don't recognize it. 
or he's just fucking around. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what he's doing. And he takes, he acts all serious. It's fucking great. That's fucking awesome. And if you're in avant-garde jazz, it's pretty much the same shit. <laughs> Where you're like, I don't, like... I don't know if this is music or not. I don't know. <laughs> well, don't shit. Know. Uh, you got a fun fact for us today? Yeah. What's our fun fact? I do. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited. Yeah. We're all stoked. <laughs> fun fact. So, apropos to today's episode, because I saw your notes. Yeah, because I emailed my notes to myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is yeah. Maybe people don't know that we don't discuss episodes beforehand. We just sort of show up, and whoever's presenting does it. Yeah, sometimes it's a surprise. There's been times we've walked in, and I didn't know who the subject was until we we were already recording. We don't talk about it beforehand. Yeah, I don't know why. Our wives always say that we don't discuss the show enough, and that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) What do they know? Get your own podcast. Yeah, you fucking make your own podcast and then criticize. I researched for weeks. All right. Yeah, that's already yeah. spent a lot of time. I don't, I don't have time to be able to talk to my co-host about it. We talk enough on the microphones. We talk enough. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna call him. You call him. Yeah, actually, kind of fun. You know, sneak peek. Next episode's gonna be Marilyn Monroe. So, Ooh. who two more iconic figures than than Einstein and Monroe? I think maybe we've crossed the threshold now. Yeah, we're legit now. Oh, only. After two years? What are we, almost coming on three years? God, I think so. Fuck. So, in keeping in line with theoretical physics. Sure. There is a gentleman named Dr. Salvador Cesar Paez. Okay. Employed by the Pentagon and the Navy. I don't know, you know, I think the Pentagon is over the Navy. I don't know. Oh. He does both. But I was doing some research. He's been working there uh, for, like, at least ten years. And he keeps releasing these bananas papers about his theories on superconductor electromagnetic fields okay and it's something that when first coming across people are like okay mad scientist or liar oh wait 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 you're an aliens kind of guy love aliens is this going to be like some sort of idea that like alien spaceships are involved that he's deconstructed and figured out how to make new technology from yeah they call it reverse engineering has, Don't uh, get with your fancy words. <laughs> uh, Bob Lazar calls it that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's he, that's not something that he's claiming. No. That. Okay. So, you know, over the last few years, the Pentagon has been releasing some bananas stuff. About three years ago, they released, I think there was three videos of what they now call UAFs, or Unknown Aerial Phenomena. So UAPs, actually. Yeah. Because uh, UFO is too sci-fi. And then they... Uh, released some shit where there was like these papers talking about how they found materials that they believe are the wording they use was off-world devices huh so now that does now i'm easily duped by shit that i want (laughs) to be true yeah um it's kind of like a QAnon thing they want to think that democrats are different goals villainous different goals i would say yeah but that's how you get duped, is you want something, and then you allow it to infiltrate your thoughts. You're explaining what I think of religion and heaven. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Who doesn't want heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Heaven is a place where nothing ever happens. Hmm. I don't even think it exists. It's David Byrne. Yeah, it does. I don't think it exists. But So this guy's making patents or papers? Yeah, that's the thing, is he has papers. Uh, many are peer-reviewed and, and accepted about the the theoretical physics involved and then there are patents that uh, officials at the pentagon have signed off on 
saying, well, we need a demonstration. He's apparently demonstrated some of his vehicles. His especially the one he likes is uh, it's an underwater thing. Uh, so is this all government or is this guy have a company? That, can I buy stock in this? No, it's it's all uh, Pentagon. In fact, uh, everything I read about it is it said that what the Pentagon is releasing is kind of a way to whet people's appetite for whatever the fuck they're building up to with this weird shit they're releasing. So what is exactly is it that, like, what's the biggest thing that he's claiming that he's able to do with this? So near-free energy via electromagnetic fields. So he uses what he calls the Pias effect, and to define that... It is controlled motion of electrically charged matter via accelerated vibration and or accelerated spin subjected to smooth yet rapid acceleration transients in order to generate extremely high energy, high intensity electromagnetic fields. Sounds like a lot of sciencey things and words. And he claims to be able to create a hybrid aerospace underwater craft as well as something that he calls the... Uh, something about he can reduce... Uh, entropy drag sort of like the idea of why we can only go so fast in space he thinks that he can get over he can get past that where we can go faster by reducing drag so we're getting into like entropy drag i think is what star trek yeah i think that's what the warp drive does (laughs) it creates like a warp bubble yeah so it doesn't have it doesn't interact with matter i think so they just slide through space yeah like an antimatter bubble yeah i was just watching star trek but in keeping with that yeah this gentleman which would be easy to write off has these patents that's signed off by the navy they're apparently making these devices that can go underwater and space that can fight uh, any kind of drag apparently it can create near free energy so we should be getting free energy soon, or near free energy, as you said. I don't know, man. I mean, that's the thing is I'm still, I'm, I'm easily duped, but I'm still skeptical. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Electric Boom says that kind of shit just doesn't <sighs> exist. And I I know he's a YouTuber, but he's also really smart. No, I I trust Electro Boom over anybody. Yeah, that guy. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's willing to put his body on the line for science. Yeah. Get electrically shocked. Well, and if you actually listen to him talk about the science-y parts of it, I get lost very quickly because... Yeah. I am not an electric Electricity's engineer. weird. Yeah. But that's the other thing is that the Pias effect does every kind of sci-fi thing you can think of. He talks about how he can make macro quantum devices, like devices that are big enough that we can manipulate that work on the quantum level. I don't know. This is a quote from him. Do you realize that my work culminates in the enablement of the Pius effect? Such high-energy electromagnetic radiation can locally interact with the vacuum energy state, which is the fifth energy of matter. In other words, the fundamental structure from which everything else, including space-time, in our quantum reality emerges. The engineering of the Pius effect can give rise to the enablement of macroscopic quantum coherence, which, if you have been following my work, you might understand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, and again, I, I'm not 100% that this is real. Yeah, where do you put the flux capacitor, though? I think it has to be some like in the in the middle of the car. Yeah, in the yeah behind the seat a little bit. Yeah, so that it's sort of like centered. So because that way, when the camera when the field opens, oh, you're yeah. in the middle. Of I was gonna say, so when the camera like comes down and looks at the driver, you can see the background flashing, and that's like yeah, you don't want it hidden. Yeah, it's like the it sexiest part cool. of the DeLorean. Yeah. All the little flashing lights and shit. But yeah, you know, I read a lot that it could be a misinformation campaign that like, you ever read uh, Reagan had a whole, he called it the, the Star Wars laser. 
vaguely know. I, I vaguely remember hearing something about this. It was supposed to be a satellite that had a laser gun on it. Yeah. That was designed to shoot asteroids. But it's just a scare tactic, right? It does. It's not real. Yeah. yeah. It was a way to. It was a way to freak out the, the the Soviet Union as well as throw people off. Like, oh shit! If they can make ships in space, we should be working on that. When we have a sense that that's a dead end approach. Yeah. So it's to make enemy countries throw money into a, a black hole. So they're thinking that that might be what this is. That if and then so like if the Pentagon releases supposed like UFO footage and then they release this shit like we have quantum drives, then China will start looking into it and it's it's just drones. Yeah. And then some mad scientist who pulled some techno babble out of his ass, or it's real. It's real. Hey, you hey, decide hey, until hey, we hey. find out. You should look it up. Who knows? Maybe we'll be like the Jetsons in a couple of years. That show was lame. There was one part of it that, uh, I mean, I, I don't really remember any particular episodes, but <laughs> do you remember that when they get out of bed, they're just on a conveyor belt that like takes them to the shower? Everything was a conveyor belt in that show. Yeah. They thought conveyor belts were like, they're, I mean, they're, they're useful, but they but thought. Their leg muscles would atrophy. Yeah, but I do want the I want the shower thing. I want to be able to just have it like sit me upright, and then I just go through the shower and it washes me. Well, like a fun fifty song is playing in the background. Yeah, it's your day now. Everybody, get up and get washed. Wash your balls. Mm-mm-mm. Wash your balls. I'm doing it for you because I'm a robot. A robot comes in on a conveyor belt. Is like, have you washed your balls today, sir? It's like you're supposed to do it. Do it. Wash my balls. Make mm-hmm. eye contact. <laughs> Good robot. So the future does sound frightening. That's the other thing is that I don't want this to be real, the Pius effect, because uh, it's probably just going to create a weapon that will just kill everything. That's what we do. We're going to get into that in our subject today. Fuck yeah. All right. I really like the science shit, man. It's going to be a good time. I think those are some of my favorite episodes. I like all our episodes, though. I might be a bit biased, but I think we're... uh... I think we pick good subjects. I think we might be the best podcast ever. I think when we pick people to do, we do good jobs. Yeah, like up. when we do it, we're doing it well. Yeah. People time. People time for life. Yeah. Thank you for listening. You know, if you're listening, you're a dabbler. Welcome to the Dabbler Army. Yeah. We're here to learn and talk about balls. My favorite things. Learning and balls? Yeah. Yeah. What if there's like a pair of talking balls that only told you facts? Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, man. It's basically what this show That's is. That's a good desk toy. It's just be like just a ball sack you stick on your desk. And, and you then... just... Scratch it a little, and it goes, this day in 1871, <laughs> something happened. Yeah. <laughs> Scratch me. All right, so yeah, our subject today, we're doing uh, Albert Einstein. Woo! Who uh, I think has got to be, if not the most well-known, one of the most well-known scientists ever in history. I'd give him the most, probably, I guess. Yeah. It's probably Newton before him. Yeah, Newton was, yeah. And then... Uh, Which we have an episode on uh, of Newton. Him, yeah. It's pretty odd, though, because even though Albert Einstein is such a well-household name, you know, it's known so well, I actually learned so much doing the research. I kind of figured I was going to, but I was, you know, the, I'm not going to be able to get into the math of his shit. I'm just not even That's in not the what same we, ballpark of that level. But We don't do math here. That's just, not... No, but like just if, in general. If you think about our show as a college course, we're humanities. We're not in the science. We're, we'll get. We'll, if you listen to all of our episodes, you technically have a BA, huh. a Bachelor of Arts, because we're humanities. We don't get. We don't hand out BSs. Here. No, we we don't have the accreditation for that. I'm gonna put us like. You know, remember fifth grade band, where like they're like you're gonna play a cello, and you're like I don't know how to play a cello. I don't. Why would I do that? 
And then you only did that for like three months and then you stopped. You told your parents, like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, in band class, they made me play percussion because I was too, like, jittery, weird <laughs> kid. I couldn't hold, like, a thing in my hand. I, I had to just smack stuff. <laughs> See, I thought I had. They were like, you can play a cello or, like, maybe the bass. And I was like, don't cello players sit down when they play? And they, yes. I said, I'll pick that one. I love it. I do like the cello. Yeah. That's nice. Well, I just it's like Yo Yo Ma. Yeah, <laughs> like those fucking trumpet players, losers, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> all right, S- sit down with all the uh, the clarinet and uh, flute girls. Yeah, man, the clarinet flute girls, that's the mm. hottest chicks in school, man. Mm. Band class. I'm not gonna make a band camp joke. It's that you are you know where I'm going with this. I'm a I'm a pair of talking balls. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. All right, well, uh, yeah, so I think people are going to be pretty surprised about all the information that's going to be about Albert that they didn't know because yeah. I was, I don't know. I think, you know, most people know, uh, kind of kind of fun, quirky guy, weird hair, M equals MC squared. You're hitting all the stuff? I don't know. German? Yeah. German, Jewish. Yeah. Uh, Shit. Oh, cousin fucker. Oh, yeah, you do know it. That's all I know. All right. And... In my earlier, in my early twenties, I had a bet with a friend that we could explain relativity to the other better. You guys both knew. No, we didn't know about relativity. How would you know who won then? Uh, we would both agree that, like, oh, I think I get it now, because uh, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't fucking get it. We're gonna have to try to go into that in this episode, which I'm not gonna lie, this has been the biggest dread of this episode. We'll relativity. Be We'll get into it. I think yeah. I've got some way of helping. Well, yeah, this it's going to be a headache, I think. It should be fun. Okay. Well, anyways, let's get into it. Albert Einstein. All right, Einstein. Give it to me. Good old Albie. Albert. Yeah, what are we going to call him? Al. I don't know. Al. Yeah. Well, Al was born in Ulm, Germany. I'm sorry. Did you just clear your throat? Ulm. Ulm? I think that's how they pronounce it. It's spelled U-L-M, but I went and did the pronunciation but thing. But it's German, so it doesn't... Like, and I was like, oh, you. All right. I don't know. Anyways, it's Germany. A beautiful language. <laughs> yeah. Be- harsh. Beautiful. Yeah. Although it's weird. German, to me, in its native tongue, sounds harsh, but then Germans who speak English sound kind of like happy and, oh, it's a nice day out, no? It feels yeah. happy dandy. Silly and a feat. I can't do a German accent. Um, yeah. No, I'm not even going to try. But, <laughs> but I know what you're saying. They seem just very sort of cartoonish. Yeah. But their language, German, just sounds... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and they, they have great words. One of my favorite words is German, uh, schadenfreude. What's schadenfreude? That's where you enjoy the misery of another person. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. I love it. Yeah. Like, thinking about... Like a little kid that, like, falls off the swing, and he's okay. He's all right. But it's a little bit funny, because he fell funny. It's kind of funny. <laughs> he landed on his face weird, and then he, he kind of looked up like, what happened? And I'm like... <laughs> He's a stupid kid. <laughs> what happened? Stupid kid. Or thinking of, you know, Donald Trump just dejected with no. his fat ass sitting, like his ass hanging off of a chair in Mar-a-Lago, and he's like, I was president. I was. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love I love thinking about his stupid little heart working overtime to try and beat through his rage. Yeah. And any day now, it's going to explode. It's, yeah. That brings me joy that i can't ext- i have to use a german word those are really good yeah as i say those are good descriptions for that word you said 
Thank you. Short, short and Freude. Yeah. I think, it's shot and, I think it's Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Fuck, it, German's hard. Anyways, so yeah, Albert, he's born in Germany. And, and as you've stated, he is Jewish, which kind of comes up later in the story. I'm not just throwing that out randomly. He was a Jew. You know, like there was a good reason <laughs> for it. Oh, yeah. 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 We so. have a problem with that. Well, we don't actually have a problem with that. We have reception of a problem of that. We've been accused of anti-Semitism. Other people think we have, they have the problem. Well, at first it was just user complaints. That's like such a racist like response. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I said something racist. I'm not the one with the problem. You are. You're upset that I'm anti-Semitic. I'm not upset. You have the problem. That's not what this is. Well, I did. I think I brought this up last episode. We do have an application that I haven't filled out yet for the Illuminati because of our presumed anti-Semitism, which is, of course fictional and a joke right which is why i haven't filled out the application but then again i don't know illuminati sounds nice might be able to drink some baby blood there's secrets in there i want to know so i want to know how stuff. do you get to those secrets? you join I don't know. dude we'd have the greatest episode of all time before oh. i get assassinated where i tell all the secrets yeah yeah we can't keep our mouths shut no so al is born in germany in march 14th 1879 damn that's early yeah right i kind of thought so too but it makes sense just yeah one of those ones that kind of threw me off too But his father, Herman Einstein, was a salesman and an engineer who worked on producing dynamos. If you remember our episode on a a Tesla, Mm. it was around that same time frame where they're making, you know, uh, direct current dynamos, and uh, Tesla eventually makes AC. Sure, that's right. So, so uh, Al is a little younger than than uh, Nikola. Yeah, he's a little. He's quite a bit younger, I'd say. So they're, yeah, Al was probably. Yeah. Getting caught up on what Nikola was doing or what Edison stole from him, that is. Yeah, in fact, uh, Albert's father was kind of in like the whole booming part of trying to get into the whole electric. We're gonna we're gonna make electricity for everybody. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't necessarily like coming up with the ideas, but he was trying to get into the. I can sell this. I can mm. you know, maybe I can learn how to build these. That's and, fun. I wonder uh, if there's a book about that, like late 19th century electricity wars with like. What's his name? Westinghouse and Edison and oh, then yeah. all the people intermixing and being like, no, I can do AC better than you can do DC. And then yeah. I kill an elephant. Although, yeah, that's it's, a little later on. But it's yeah. great. Yeah, go listen to Tesla. We talk about that shit. It's all in there. But uh, a weird guy. Herman, he didn't have the capital to actually switch all the stuff from direct current to alternating current, mm. which was what was becoming, you know, not only fashionable, but also just better for the industry as we know. Yeah. And so he, uh, he ended up actually not lasting very long in there. But Sorry, Herman. There you go. You have an idea that he was he was kind of engineer, salesman. Um, his mother, who's Pauline Koch, who obviously took on Einstein as her last name, she was educated actually really well and gifted in many different kinds of arts. Hmm. She was like a really good pianist. She could play the piano really well. And she actually gets Albert into playing the violin as early as five years old for him. Hmm. And he will play that for the rest of his life. And he really loves violin well violin is a sitting position so he's smart yeah there you go and one of those don't j- play the bass it's woodwind jackasses gonna stand Ugh. and honestly like it's cool to say i play the bull fiddle but people don't know what that means i don't know what that means it's just an upright bass yeah. but you have to stand there i don't want to stand a jackass and really it's just a cello without a it's just a bigger s- without cello. a stick <laughs> whatever that stick is called it's a bow a bow i think it's a bow yeah well, yeah, so Einstein would know. He knows everything, apparently. I would imagine, yeah, that Einstein, like, up to his time of, of intelligence, he just knew everything. 
Well, it's funny you say this because Einstein, he didn't show signs of genius at an early age. He wasn't like a child prodigy right. how you would uh, expect when you, you know, he's not like two years old and learns how to read and write and sp- speak five different languages and can do the Rubik's Cube with his feet blindfolded. He can't? No. Loser. No. He's Matter not, of fact. We have some episodes of people who could do that shit. Yeah. Had some kid geniuses. We have. But with Albert, it was kind of the opposite. He was kind of a slow developer. Took a long time for him to start talking. He dumb. Compared to other kids, you know, around the age from when you'd start talking, he wasn't talking. When he finally did start talking, he was slow. He would repeat himself, like, the same sentence over and over. He'd kind of get caught. Hmm. And his parents actually thought he might have some sort of possible mental disorder or at least a say, learning deficiency. Autism? I mean, that. Yeah. I don't think there's a definition for it yet. Maybe he's fucking got it. So, Albert. Or yeah. Asperger's, right? Yeah, maybe. Because I know that, yeah, Asperger kids, like, repeat shit. I don't know if he actually had any of these things. Matter of fact, I don't know if anyone knows why he was, you know, developing this way because he seems to come out of it, you know, by age five or six. He's an alien. That could be it. Maybe. He's just wearing a skin suit. His parents took him to a doctor thinking that, yeah, there might be something wrong. So Learning deficiency of some kind. Yeah. I guess that's one of the big, uh, I don't know, cliches or things you hear about him is that, yeah, he was slow. Yeah. I mean, at first. He even got nicknamed at a young age, the dopey one. That's fucking... Because he would he just didn't talk very much. I don't know why those old insults feel more cutting. They do. It's hard. That's hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Like if you tell a kid, like, you're dumb as shit. They'd be like, yeah, at soccer. Yeah. But calling somebody dopey, like, <laughs> yeah, your whole existence is, you're dumb. Yeah. Doho. I'm yeah. Al. But yeah, around the age of five, Albert started going to a Catholic elementary school in Munich, which, I mean, he's Jewish, so it seems odd to me, but maybe it's not that odd. What's odd? He went to a Catholic elementary school in oh. Munich. I don't Yeah, I, guess, I don't know. I don't know if they I think it was also like... I think these kind of schools are just really normal for like just elementary school. It doesn't really matter what faith you are. Just like yeah. there's a Catholic school down the road. They teach you math and stuff, but they also going to preach to you. It doesn't matter. You just need education. Just ignore the just, Jesus stuff. Yeah. I think like in our day and age, and especially our country, religious schools are, are less prominent than they probably are in like Europe. Yeah. Whereas especially, I don't think synagogues have an educational program like so for, for like, yeah, regular shit. So that makes sense, I guess. I mean, there was a Catholic school where we grew up and uh it was closer than my actual school yeah it was to me too a matter yeah. of fact i knew somebody who went there and in junior high of course is when we met up because he got out of that school and i got out of normal elementary and he mm-hmm. i remember asking him like oh you're catholic and he's like no i was like you went to the catholic school though and he's like yeah it's like yeah it's just okay it's a it's a because it's a private in- education it's better yeah. than, than public yeah, he said he had to pray and do all the stuff too while they were there and he's not catholic he's not even religious so was i guess he mormon I don't think so. No. I was going to say, I would think that the Mormons would, even just on principle, avoid having giving yeah. their kids a better education, <laughs> right? Out of the fear of like they'll be they'll be destroyed by this Catholicism. That's Satan in there. Disgusting. Go listen to uh, Joseph. <clears throat> Jojo Smith. Joe Smith. Yeah, Joseph Smith. Fucking asshole. If you want to learn more about Mormons, my Mormon mom listened to part of it and sent me criticism about it. And yeah. It was fun. I didn't want to hang myself at all. Oh, that's good because. She can't listen to the bald talk that we do. <laughs> yeah. Her loss. Her loss, for real. For for humor and information. Yeah, just laugh at the ball stuff. It's good. Moms. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> so three years uh, after he was going to this Catholic elementary school, he gets transferred to another school. 
Uh, it's called the Leopold Gymnasium. Cool. And uh, he continues his education there. It's still elementary school level, of course. And King Leopold is a German guy. Sure. Maybe that's what he's named after. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. We'll have to do an episode on him that we can know. Yeah, at some point we're going to do everybody. That's, yeah, the goal. Yep. Everyone on, everyone's died. It's a thousand years long show. We're going to do everyone. Like the Mormons with the baptism for the dead. But we're going to have a whole episode about everybody. Buckle up. So today we're talking about Jim, um, the orphan peasant from 1508. Uh, he was born in a pile of mud. His mother fed him mud. Uh, and then he was a mud farmer. And then he died in mud. Thank you for listening to today's episode of everyone that's ever existed. <laughs> It'll get shorter over Balls. time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, throw that in there. Jim had dirty balls because of all, because of his diet. Given facts. Well, Albert, throughout his time in school, he was actually quite rebellious against his teachers and really any kind of authoritative figure in general. Some people have speculated that this was because he was so intelligent at this time, hmm. and and he had a lack of communication skills that he couldn't communicate. So instead, he just kind of pushed back against everybody. That seems typical. Some people think it's because he was a Jewish kid. And was ridiculed and made fun of for yeah, being Jewish. Probably. And so he might have just been angry and mad. Or maybe it was just his personality. Who knows? Maybe the guy just doesn't like yeah, authorities and teachers in general. It's fair for there to be a combination of that. Yeah, whatever the cause, a lot of people today like to believe that this actually helped him when it came to his own learning. He learned really quickly that when he pushed against somebody, like a teacher, when they were teaching something that it would start a conversation and they would start to like kind of collide and, and bring up different points. And so he yeah. learned to argue and it either benefited him in him learning it better or to get the teacher to question like, well, that's a good point. Okay, maybe uh, we need to open this up for discussion. Yeah, like a lot of times kids that are challenging are difficult to be around. It's because they're, they, they're not adequately... Uh, challenged? Challenged, yeah, because they're, yeah, they're fucking bored. Yeah. They want to fight you because they are bored. Yeah. They want you to interact with them in a more aggressive way so that they feel more engaged. Yeah. They don't want to just sit here and watch you right on the board all day long. Yeah. It's boring. That's why in school I was a mouthy fuck. Me too. Who didn't do homework because I'm a genius. I'm... Me too. That's exactly what this is. Us and Al. Yeah. We're the same. He gets it. He's with us. I, I, I thought didn't. about relativity once. I didn't... Uh... I didn't pass like my, my classes like he no, did. No, because don't tell me what to do. Yeah, I had I had more of the rebellious side than I did the genius side that Al has. Yeah, we didn't have the combination. Also, it's like ninety nine percent rebellious, still no percent wanting genius. to be challenged, but only because I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, but not for legitimate reasons like him. I mean, being a, a racial minority and picked on makes you pretty upset. We're white kids, so we don't really have any reason to be mad. I was just mad because I wasn't spoiled as much as I thought I should have been. I want a different PlayStation. <laughs> Dad, this okay. house is bullshit. That was, that was my rebellion. Yeah, that's why I dropped out of school. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, he thought his teachers were just too uh, regimented and constraining with their teaching methods, comparing them to drill sergeants, is what he would say later on in life. He didn't Sounds German. like his teachers. Albert's teachers also thought he was slow, which is fun. And the idea is that, I guess when they would give, they would give him a math problem, specifically, and we're talking about still, 
you know, later elementary, even maybe going into junior high, he would take a especially long time to answer. Now people speculate that hmm. he was actually trying to question like different ways of going about it rather than just the way the teacher did. He does start to now show signs of having genius, though it's kind of hidden. So okay. he takes longer to do stuff, but he also is already starting to come up with better ways of figuring out how to solve like problems. A genius is accidentally not accustomed to linear thinking or like if a teacher proposes a problem you don't want to hear their solution you want to do it yourself and yeah. so you have more creative ways of thinking just out of being rebellious or your brain is backwards well, i think like the teachers would just be like this is how you solve this kind of a math problem and he'd be like this seems inefficient there seems to be a faster way i could be able to do this but yeah. it's going to take me a second to figure it out give me a sec and so I'm going to invent a science real quick. Yeah, I mean, he does, well, basically. That's similar to, to, to uh, Newton, who, at the behest of no one, just invented yeah. a, a whole mathematics to, to make algebra easier because he didn't like the way they were doing it. Yeah. You know? Like, well, and because he, he needed to solve a different problem, and that math didn't exist to solve it. So he's like, I guess I'll just create a new math. You know, I'm going to just come up with this. Like, Yeah, that's what creative thinkers do, man. It's weird. Turns out it checks out. This is awesome. Uh, ha, ha. What an asshole. Yeah. It's a good thing he never got laid. I don't I don't create a new anything. Not a new math or Um, I've made a few sandwiches that I don't know if anyone's had before. <laughs> or at least I've never had before. <laughs> yeah. Is it this sounds like sandwiches you make when you're like if you're stoned. Oh yeah, because you're like I grabbed some of the cinnamon toast crunch cereal mm -hmm. and I stuck that on the bread. But they're kind of like a whole bunch of small things. I don't want them falling out, so I got honey. I need them to stick together. So I got the honey to make it stick to the bread. Well, so I had a problem. Fall off. I had to create a new solution. Yeah. Yeah. And I threw Nutella because that just tastes good. I love Nutella, and then I was also craving salami, so I threw that on there. Sure. But, like, an obscene amount of salami. Like, more than is responsible. <laughs> Three packages of salami. I had a problem. I came up with a solution. <laughs> and you know what? I don't regret it. And I'm health conscious, okay? So one of the slices of bread was wheat. The other one was white, you know? Uh, call you gotta it... think ahead. <laughs> you gotta. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make a statement about racial equality and heart health. <laughs> sure. So, I don't know. Who's the genius now? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So that's what Albert would do, but, you know, with math. <laughs> oh, in like a smart way. Yeah. It is noted that Albert did actually skip class sometimes. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like super often, but often enough that it was noted down that he would sometimes just be like, I yeah. don't want to go to class. Smoking in the boys' room. Yeah, fuck that. Leather jacket, Al. I would ditch school a lot and go to like where the smokers would go. There were a few kids that thought they were geniuses and their hair was unkempt. But that's probably not the same thing. Yeah. No, they were just on acid. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, it's different. But yeah. I mean, but people on acid do have some thoughts about relativity they think are fucking great at the time. Write this down, guy. Hey, write this down. Yeah, which I, I'm not gonna write that down. Now there is a well-known misconception that most people don't know is a misconception that Albert flunked math. Um, yeah, that's the thing you hear, right? It's not true. It's not even a little bit true. He did not flunk math. In fact, he was top of his class. And the reason why there might have became a rumor that he flunked was possibly due to this newspaper that came out that showed his math grades. Mm. And at the time frame, they would give you a grade between 1 through 6. I have no idea why. It seems like a very arbitrary, it was weird... Like before A through F or whatever? Yeah. So, uh, and I guess at one point... One was co like considered to be an A, and six was was an F. So A was really good passing, of course. 
But at some point they flipped it, and so it was six was the best, and one was the worst. And so when when this newspaper put out Albert's grades when he was in you know elementary school and junior high and stuff, they showed that his grades were six, and they're like, we know we know that six oh. is bad. Well, then someone else wanted further research. Like, no, 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 they flipped it at one point. Albert was on the side okay. where six is actually an A. And then they they dived deeper and was like, yeah, he was top of his class. And and what's more important is when your stupid aunt shares that meme on Facebook about how Albert Einstein failed math so you can accomplish anything. Realize that even though that's fake, what that's trying to tell you is that he didn't. He dropped out of math because he was bored, huh. not because he was an idiot. So even the fake thing is fake. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well, I'm sick of hearing that shit where people are like, he was so dumb and he had to find his legs. I'm like, no, he was just bored because it was below him. It was easy. But it was so below him, he actually passed. Yeah. With a full six. I don't get like, that. It's such a weird con. Like one through five, one through ten, one through six. Seems arbitrary. But. Well, it's like A through F, but skip E because we want to make sure you know you fucking failed <laughs> yeah you I didn't get that either. you didn't ailed you failed <laughs> the error you could use error i don't know your it, brain has an error in it because you didn't get any yeah, questions right because you're fucking failed you're a fucking failure yeah anyways but I mean, besides him not failing out of math he spent not only and was the top of his class but he spent a lot of his time outside of school working on math he didn't really go out and play with his with friends he didn't really care for that he wanted to be by himself for the most part yeah and so he studied math books he would work on math puzzles that his teachers would give him what a weirdo we construct you know build structures out of blocks well he really is like when you're a kid at recess like those kids you know everybody's playing tag or soccer he's that fucking weird kid at the corner of the yard uh-huh. like counting wood chips or something <laughs> or pretending like he knows the spatial differences. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, I can make this chip go back. And in you're time. over there yelling, hey, "Hey, got a little help? Can you pass the ball that rolled over towards you? You freak! Hey, weirdo! Hey, dopey kid!" <laughs> little do you know, you're just disrupting the fact that he's figuring out, you know, time travel with the wood chips. Yeah, he even teaches himself algebra and uh, I don't know how to say this word. So it's Euclidean geometry. Yeah, Euclidean. Euclidean. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's Euclidean. How do you know that? <laughs> I don't know. How did you know that that's what I was even saying? I don't know. It's, fucking... it's from the Greek uh, Euclid. He developed geometry. You're too smart. It's like the two, yeah. It's like geometry on a page. Uh, how do you know that? To... I, I pronounced it wrong, and you guessed what I was mispronouncing. It's a good guess. And then even, like, by the way, the background on this is from... I'm a good guesser. A great... <laughs> I can't pronounce words. <laughs> <laughs> Einstein. Why don't we have a podcast? <laughs> so yeah, so he teaches himself algebra and geometry at the age of 12. Just decides he's going to go pick up some books, figure it out. You know, when you're just that much brighter than even like, your teachers and you recognize it, you're going to start doing some more creative shit outside. Yeah. It's uh, boring. I mean, he even ends up getting a tutor kind of around the same time frame. And the tutor gives him a textbook on geometry and tells him to work through it and then states how... Surprised he was that Albert just blew right through all of it. He just picked up the book, finished all the equations, handed it back to him. He was like, next. And so the, the tutor was like, oh, damn, he already... You know, like the tutor was like, this kid is making shit up. I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> so I gave him the Euclidean 
textbook and he was like it's euclid and i was like shut the fuck up kid <laughs> you don't shut up no one's ever said the word to me i just had to read it how do you know that's how it's pronounced i'm a tutor fuck. idiot okay well i give you an f for fuck off tutor <laughs> It's like a, I don't know what that is. is that like a one. I quit. Well, it's a one, but later it'll be a six yeah. or the other way. The other way doesn't matter. Get out. <laughs> I I drop out with you, tutor. Yeah. So Albert then decides that he's going to teach himself calculus at the age of twelve, and by fourteen he states later on that he had mastered integral and differential calculus and just taught himself. Sure. You know. I don't know those things. It's the same, like yeah, with Newton. He just. Saw a problem and created his own solution. Yeah. Well, when you're that much of a creative thinker, you can just fucking do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the only problem I ever solved was, like, how to better fit gasoline into a glass bottle and make a Molotov cocktail. That's, that's science. Because I saw it on movies and I thought I could do that. I think the only real science I've ever done is I made a bong out of household items because we didn't have a bong because someone dropped it and broke it. That's a really serious science. It's like 18 years old and we made a we made a good bong. It's like, it, yeah, have good suction. You gotta make sure the, mm -hmm. the stem isn't too far in and stuff. Yeah. My wife's sister lives with us because she's a, she's a loser. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we showed her how to make a water bong yeah. Just from our knowledge of being kids. And, uh, I, yeah, we felt like scientists. Yeah. Like, well, there's a whole concept here where, yeah, the smoke has to be filtered through the water and then you have to blast it through. It's a whole thing. You don't, you wouldn't understand. This is some. Just put your mouth right here. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get fucked up. Just suck. Yeah. So, yeah, outside of uh, school, Albert's just killing it in math. And he's now getting to the point where he's even outsmarting his own teachers. Like, you'd purposely pick out these problems, these math problems, that were either extremely difficult to solve, um, either with a limited amount of time or just maybe with how your skill level is at math. And he would present them to a teacher. He'd be like, um, teacher, Actually, I've got this math problem. Can you help me figure it out? And the teacher would be like, yeah, let's go ahead and put it up on the board so we can all solve it together. And he'd be like, perfect, here it is. And then would just watch the teacher struggle trying to figure out how to solve it. <laughs> just, He's just in the back smirking, just like, eh, <laughs> you can't figure it out. Smug ass. And then, you know, eventually he would give them the answer. Like, it's actually X minus Y over 3 squared. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't figure that out. So that's differential calculus. You, we have not reached that phase yet. <laughs> Clearly you didn't either. <laughs> Idiots. So, yeah, that's I what... I don't blame him. That's what Albert's doing because he doesn't like his teachers. Well, how often did you do math in school where you're like, this feels clunky? Um, all, all the time? Like, I should be able to figure this out in a better way. I'm just not I was okay enough. at geometry as long as I had written, the, you know, the theorems written down. I could use my notes. Then I could go ahead and just apply them because that's just really easy or just plug them in. But yeah. other than that, yeah, math was not one of my strong points. No, I'm terrible at math. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why, yeah, when we talk about this type of stuff, we get criticism, but that's fine. But, you know, if I've learned that math is really fun, uh, which is a weird thing I never thought I'd say. Yeah. But I found a YouTube channel called Number File, and it's basically like some of the world's smartest math geniuses today talking about like really weird and cool concepts that hmm. are odd that happen in math. And so it's something that it makes it much easier to dive into. It's an interesting about. world, I'm sure. Yeah, they talk about like how infinity works um, when it comes to writing into a math equation. Isn't and it just forever? 
I mean, it depends on what you're, I guess, working on. But it's weird. Go watch the channel. It's worth it. Especially if you don't like math and you're like, I don't think I could ever get into it. Go watch like a couple episodes and you, you might change yeah. your mind. If, if our show, which it is, it is a college course, if you listen to all of our shows, you technically get a BA, a, a Bachelor of Arts. We're a humanities course. <laughs> sure. I would love to hear, though, someone just a paper they have to do on history and a subject and they ran out of time so they just took our episode and transcribed it into just text yeah and handed it in just as a desperate kind of call and just let if anyone <laughs> does that just let us know how, how it went Let's see how it goes fucking balls and where your teacher pulls you aside and is like you are unhealthily obsessed with balls and i think you're an anti-semite <laughs> you might be we're calling your parents <laughs> But you'll get an A for the for the uh, uh, facts. Yeah. You won't get an F for the facts. Yeah. You get an A for the effort. You get yeah. You, you might get a B for bad language. Yeah, but, you will. But good effort. So. But you'll get a C for for a good a good cum shot in the dark. Yeah. At your toward your teacher. D for dong. So Albert did state that. He didn't like, actually, even though he completely taught himself through books and different, you know, and the tutor helped him, of course, he didn't actually like looking at problems and trying to figure them out just by reading them. He, he wanted to be able to visualize and, and figure out how to put it into an image that he could then sort out. And he said if he could do that, then he could, he could always solve the issue. And I mean, this is kind of a common concept. You know, this is why when you're in school and you're first learning, they're like, Susan has five apples. But Tiffany eats three of them. How many apples are left? Right. Trying to, like, help you. Idiotic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Math is a representation of the physical world. Yeah. When it's put conceptually correctly, it's just that most people don't have the the brains for that. I always thought, like, why the fuck is Tiffany eating fucking three apples? Did she ask first? And, Yeah. yeah, is she that fucking hungry? Christ. I mean, how many Tiffany's do there have to be until we understand this shit? Yeah. I mean, if you take a whole apple orchard and 18 Tiffany's, how many apples are there if half of the Tiffany's are attracted to the other half? <laughs> and they're all sisters. They're related. Which is weird that they're all named Tiffany. Yeah, it's a weird family. Yeah. That's the more serious question because they're only six months apart in age. That's how I always looked at those stupid math problems. I always like found that the weird parts of it because they were clearly not that well thought out. It was just a very basic, simple... This yeah. is how many of an object, and then when you remove that many objects. It always reminds me of those like trick questions. Where they're like, there's 15 goldfish in the pond, but five die. How many goldfish are left in the pond? And the answer is 15, but five of them are dead. But Who poisoned the fish? One also, why are we counting the dead ones? What are the stipulations here? I think that's, people like us, we, we don't ask how to solve it. We ask why it happened. <laughs> who, who killed the five? Does, does Tiffany have a problem with Anna? Why is she stealing her shit? Yeah. Are they fucking the same guy? Are they fucking each other? Are apples a metaphor? How much money does Anna get from suing fucking Tiffany for taking her apples? That's what, that's and, the real life question. We need. And emotional damage. Did yeah. Tiffany assault this woman? Probably. Tiffany? I think we have enough evidence that we could prove that. Teacher, I need a lawyer. Real quick, I'm going to lawyer up real fast. <laughs> Tiffany has got a serious attitude adjustment that I am going to see through to. This is why my teachers hated me. Yeah, that's why I, yeah, dropped out. Don't give a shit about any of that. Well, at age of 13, Albert had already picked out his favorite philosopher, Ooh. Immanuel Kant. And, uh, Can he? He can't, yeah. He can't. He can't. can't. So he does, but he can't. He can't. That's odd. 
Yeah. That's very philosophical to wrap your head around. So Albert's tutor mentioned this because a 13-year-old that liked Immanuel Kant, he said that at this time, while Albert's still a child, yet Kant's work was incomprehensible to ordinary mortals, but hmm. it seemed to be very clear to Albert. He seemed to be able to understand everything that Kant was trying to uh, state. Not, it's not for everybody, Immanuel I don't Emmanuel know any Kant. of Kant's work. I mean, I know a little bit. I, I dabble oh. in philosophy, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's very complicated. Yeah. He's got he's got the dialectical imperative, which oh. is essentially like he thinks that all morality can be rationalized through logical thinking. And then he applies that on a broad scan, like epistemology and political science, etc. Hobbes. And um mm -hmm. uh he was a philosopher. Oh, I thought you were doing a Calvin and Hobbes thing. Hobbes was named after the philosopher in Calvin and Hobbes. And the other philosopher's Calvin. Is it? Yeah. Or Calvin. I think it's his last name. Oh, okay. They were both moral philosophers. Interesting. In the 19th that they would then century. Be humor. Then they became a talking book. tiger and a kid. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't recommend anybody look into Immanuel Kant. It's boring as fuck. Well, look, look into Hobbes. That guy's cool. I mean, if Albert said that that or, was his favorite at 13, that... If it's good enough for Albert. Actually, that's yeah. I shouldn't judge because yeah, it it is a it's a moral philosophy that you apply on a broader spectrum about what your responsibility is as a thinking creature. Which is interesting because Einstein, Albert, was a pacifist. I wonder if he came to this kind of conclusion based off of some of the philosophy he was studying. Most most philosophy points towards pacifism. No, oh, there you go. Not all of it. Not mine personally. Right. No, I find that weak sauce, but. <laughs> if you're interested, the core of most of Western philosophy is from, yeah, that German tradition, especially Immanuel Kant. There you go. Uh, if you want to look into his imperative. You sound British. Kant. Hmm. I don't like know a, if it's Kant or Kant. Would you like a glass of water I can't, I speak about Kant? I can't tell you how it's pronounced, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. Hmm. It's like Heigl. It's too much. Heigl? Yeah. You're just making up words now. That's another guy. That's too much. Make your philosophy a cl a cleaner, quicker. Look, quicker and cleaner like Wittgenstein. You're too Make it clean. You're realizing you're you're talking too much smart stuff. Our dabblers are going to quickly learn that there's a smart one and a dumb one, and they're going to know which one's which, so quit saying smart stuff. Our voices are pretty close to the same, and we use fake names. I don't <laughs> So you're the smart one. We're, oh, They'll God. never know. I lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> I dodged the bullet there. <laughs> When Albert was about 15 years old, this was, by the way, 19 or 1894, his father had an electric company, as I was stating before. However, he didn't have the money to convert it over to AC. So when... So, I'm sorry, you said he didn't have the money? Like, he had the concept, but he economically couldn't... Yeah. Just like we were saying with the AC-DC wars or whatever. Uh, yeah, at this time, everybody's realizing, okay, AC is where he needs to be at. That's, that's what's going to be able to actually power... You know, cities and shit. Yeah, which we don't need to go too much into. Go listen to our Tesla episode. There you go. Go listen to Tesla. We'll go into all of that. Yeah, AC reigns supreme. Yeah. And Einstein Sr. is having a problem with that. So uh, Einstein Sr. is saying, basically, um, he had all direct current dynamos, and that wasn't good. We wanted AC, and he didn't have the capital to be able to go in and try to either readjust the ones he had or buy new dynamos. Because it takes, it, yeah, some some transistor or whatever to switch it or whatever yeah, yeah. so he basically his, his business failed and Aww. for whatever reason i've noticed this with a lot of people time episodes but when someone's you know company or their their career fails they just 
move? They just move somewhere else? Let's take off. Which is kind of weird. The soil's bad. Yeah. In, here in Germany. So his family, Albert's family, decides to move to Italy. However, they leave Albert behind. So, like, finish school. You finish school in Munich. You're almost that's, done. That's rude. I think that's... That, that does sound like a regular... We have thought, talked about that a lot, and I don't know if we're just privileged. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people time people, like, a job fails, they just fucking move to where the jobs are. Yeah. And we don't have that problem. In the, in Maybe the, that's why it makes sense. The bustling, industrious urban center of Salt Lake City, the 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 <laughs> cultural hub of the West, sure. as we are, we haven't had that problem, but maybe that's an old school problem. That or makes sense. Maybe people still have it. Yeah, maybe you're in a, out in an area that's a little bit you know, secluded, and well, your business fails, and you're like, well, there's no other jobs here, so time to go somewhere else. Italy sounds nice, huh? Yeah, especially if you have a specific set of skills. Yeah. I A lot of the guys I went to high school with do or did work in the oil fields yeah because when we were growing up maybe even now that's like a great fucking job pays well pay wise yeah Yeah. and those dudes are yeah uh, peripatetic they just they follow wherever the oil is yeah i mean i was in the gold industry when it came to uh drilling and so you had to move yeah went to nevada so the family moves to italy however albert doesn't actually stay very long in munich because he gets into too many arguments with his teachers he's smarter than them he's just like you guys are dumb and so it's just one big constant uh issue and the teachers are like we're gonna throw you out of school finally albert know about emmanuel kant you probably know i can't know about that so you do no what i'm leaving i'm going to italy yeah, that's what happened. So, yeah, so Albert's dad's like, come on, just come finish your school in Italy. So, yes, he did drop out of school, so to speak. Te- but technically. Only just to leave Munich to go finish school in Italy. Not for scholarly issues. And no. Italy has some pretty high-end uh, learning facilities, I imagine. I imagine. Sure. Sure. Galileo's from over there. It's got to be nice, right? Sure. I don't know if we've done any other Italian well, people. We have. Yeah, Christopher Columbus was Italian. Though it was actually the Queen of Spain who paid for his trips. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Isabella. But yeah, but yeah we've done a... We've done a uh, was, Wait, it, was Juan Pujol Italian or is he Spanish? Spanish. Yeah, it's similar. They're all over there. We did an artist too. We did uh, Leonardo. Oh, da, da Vinci. Yeah, so Da yeah, Vinci the is nin- Italian. The Ninja Turtle. So we've done a few. Yeah, yeah. Do So what did Al do there though? Was it fun? Did he have a good time? No, so Al, I mean, you're gonna, we're going to learn that he actually travels all over the world constantly. He moves to Switzerland, to Germany, to Italy, to all over. He's That's just, another Europe is big uh, people time thing. A lot of our, uh, our people have seen the whole goddamn world. Yeah. I don't know. It's another, like, if you want to be impactful in the world, change your name, travel. That's, I think, a good point. Um, we've mentioned changing your name quite a bit. Mm. Seems like a lot of great people have done that. But also, yeah, I've heard that many times that uh, was it travel broadens the mind, kind of a thing. Sure, I bet it does. It gives you some cultural context. That's good. I don't need any more. I live in Salt Lake. We have this is the most cultural place just that all I'm aware of. Mostly white. There's some Hispanic people. Mormon. Yeah. So the Mormon culture is pretty diverse. I mean, it's a <laughs> it's a lot of different layers of white people. Yeah. They, you got like pasty white. You've got pale white. You've got the homeschooled people, and then the people <laughs> in in construction. So yeah. they they have a tan. Yeah. Well, so for Albert, if you're asking what he was doing when he was in Italy, he, he continues his schooling, and it becomes now extremely clear that he seems to be pretty much a math genius. He's light years 
ahead. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Of his classmates when it comes to uh, you know his schoolwork, and pun intended. Um, also, should be noted that light years is a form of it's a it's a distance. You know, it's it's, it's a measurement of distance, not time. The the space you can traverse at one year of light speed. Yeah, exactly. Two hundred eighty-six thousand miles a minute. It's funny because people say it's light years away, but you're like, well, that's like, it's like a physical. Di- it's not yeah. a. It's not a, a thought concept of time. Yeah, yeah. Dicks. It's like a parsec. Pars- parsec. Yeah, it's a measure of distance. I don't know what it's a parsec. It's a stupid Star Wars reference. Oh, you're such a nerd. I don't even like that. I know it. You're an Albert Einstein nerd. I fucking hate parsecs and Star Wars. You hate Star Wars? Most of it. I like The Mandalorian. You know a lot of stuff about Star Wars for someone who doesn't like it. I know who Euclid is. I know a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's true. Okay. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I just know I'll stuff. I'll just back off. Fuck me, I'm I gonna guess. I'm going to fucking freak out. <laughs> I am not a nerd. <laughs> I'm not a nerd. Uh, I'm cool. All right, geek. Calm down. So when Albert <sighs> was 16 years old, 1895, he took an, an entrance exam to the Swiss Federal Polytechnic School, which is in Zurich, Switzerland, and he travels to Zurich a thousand times, it seems like, throughout his life. So Zurich, he actually he um, failed to meet the requirement for the general part of the test, the general... Like the admits for... So this is like a math program? Well, so he does well on the math section and the science section, but oh. the other sections is below par. The humanities. He needed to listen to us. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. Talk about balls and Damn stuff. Damn it, Al. So he doesn't get in, but however, he does get recommended because his math is so high on his grade. They're like, okay, I might want to have you in here. But first go to the Argovian Cantonal School, which is nearby. And you can... In sh- Switzerland still? Yes, it's still in Switzerland. I do like to think that like... They ask him a humanities question, like, so we're in the 1890s, right? So America was founded in when? And he's like, makes up some bullshit about Jimmy America. Yeah. And then they ask him a physics question, and they're like, holy fucking balls. Jesus Christ, this kid's smart. Uh... Okay, so, yes, he said Jimmy America. We're letting him in anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so he didn't get into the Zurich one, but yeah, they got him into another one. He will actually go back to the Zurich one later, we'll find. He actually teaches there, I think. So he finishes the secondary schooling in the next two years with an overall pretty good grades, like overall, yeah. including these other stuff. So he applied himself, made sure those He's came a smart up. cat. But he was top in his physics and his mathematical subjects. Once again, we will see that happen often. And from here, he was able to enroll in the four-year math and physics teaching diploma program at the school Ooh. that he had originally tried to get into. And they're like, you're smart, but go to this other school first. So the he one, actually does come back. The one in Zurich? Yeah, in Zurich. Uh, yeah, the Swiss Federal Polytechnic School in Zurich. Assholes. So he comes back, and, and he's basically now trying to get his diploma for teaching. So this is before he's even graduated. He's just like, I'm already smart enough. I'm just going to tell people stuff. Yeah. I'm going to teach everybody the shit I know. I'm sick of teachers telling me shit. I already know, and they explain it in a dumb way where they're like, oh, Tiffany's a, a ratchet bitch. Tiffany's a whore. So Tiffany's a whore. <laughs> okay. And she steals from everybody. And it's apples instead of money. And he's like, no, nah, let's let's make it not dumb. Yeah. We'll keep Tiffany around. So, I mean, she's a whore. She's a whore. She's ready to go. She's hot. So Tiffany has a negative space <laughs> in her pussy. And we're going cal- to fill that we're in. We're going to calculate how much it takes. How many apples <laughs> can add One, a shove into two, Tiffany? Two. Oh, three. Wow. Okay. Wow. Four. Four. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love math. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, let's pop some balls in there and call it a math day. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so. Yeah, so while he's in school, he's a bit of a ladies' man. Hello. He's considered to be very charming. Really? Quite handsome. Oh, yeah. I did not think of that. Well, you, all the pictures you probably see him is when he's in his 50s and his True. hair's all crazy and white. True. Yeah, when he's like a weird old man. Yeah. But he, I, again, he just seems so math-minded, I just wouldn't see him as charming. That's the kind of thing that people would end up saying later on is that even though he was this math genius, that he actually seemed to have kind of more of a personality that was laid back and fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's like pictures of him like riding his bike when he's in his 50s and he's like kind of goofy looking at this kind older guy. Just old guy. Got a basket on the front. He's just like, <laughs> I'm not wearing socks. This is, a, this is a more efficient means of travel. Yeah. I mean, it's not mutually exclusive to be charming and smart, obviously, but. Of course not. Yeah, not what I would have fucking expected. Just judgmental well, asshole. the problem, I have neither. So I'm a little upset <laughs> when somebody gets both. They get everything. They have all the things. Oh, you get everything? What do I get? This is shit. I get a podcast. <laughs> Wait, I like a podcast. I mean, it's good. I love our podcast. You know, no, I'm never going to solve quantum anything. Yeah. Or be charming. <laughs> <laughs> I find you charming. Thank you. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, people thought he was, I mean, besides being charming, he was obviously intelligent. He also played music. He played the violin, and apparently he would, like, book himself or like people would book him to come play at their hmm. their fancy whatever school thing going on the college yeah we're gonna go eat fancy sandwiches uh and with our pinkies up cucumber and sandwiches and there's this beautiful man playing the violin in the background and giving you the eye oh my and so yeah if you ask him he'll tell you about geometry uh-huh. in a fun quirky way so yeah yeah charming musician and I bet he's got some fun anecdotes. Yeah, I bet. He seems like an anecdotal kind of guy. So it, he was a ladies' man, and he might have had some, some fun with some of the women. But around the age of 20 years old, while Albert was still working on his teaching diploma, he met a young and very intelligent woman. Hello. Who was four years his elder. Yeah, I'm in it. The older I'm into girls. It. Hey, milfy old milfy lady. <laughs> and her name is Maleva. Maleva? Maleva Marek. Huh. And she was going to the same school as he was. That's how they met. She was the only woman in the math and physics courses that he was taking. In fact, it's really odd that she was there because of the time frame. Women didn't go this far into their education. Yeah, you had to you had to be yeah genius level yeah. if you're a woman to get even to where regular men And even men then, go. men were holding you down and still calling you dumb and don't know dumber people than you were calling you dumb. Well, you bleed out of your wherever. What? What? Aren't you supposed to be in the culinary section, learning how to cook better for me? <laughs> uh, listen to our very first episode. Madame Curie had this fucking problem her whole life. Yeah, she fucking won the Nobel Prize, and they kept trying to give it to her husband. Twice. Yeah. Smart lady. And her, her own husband would be like, no, she did She did the work, guys. And they're like, are you sure? I love that, no, I can't I love that you'll continue to like defend your wife. That's cute. At it's this point. like a weird game you guys it's play. It's really fun. You must have a nice... Uh, a marriage or whatever. So how did you come up with this? It's like, I, I didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. Such radiance in your, yeah, in your marriage. And kind of actually around the same time frame, actually. So Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. But she, Maleva, was in these classes, and she was. I love that name, too. Maleva. Because it makes me want to say malevolent, which means she a saucy bitch. Uh-huh. She might smack you around or spit on you, and I'm, I, where, is she still alive? What's she doing? 
Uh, I want to hang out with she's her. She's not. She died in the 40s. Damn it! We'll get into all of that, of course. So uh, she was going to these classes, and she's one of the few women who was trying to obtain a PhD. And when they they first met, they started becoming friends. They hung out a bit. Sure. And then slowly started building in. Smart in, smart brains, big pants. Yeah, they talked about physics. They talked about math. They would go on walks and hold hands and be like, Aww. one plus one equals two, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that, you know, Albert had to use some sort of math kind of pickup lines. Something along the lines of like, <laughs> I love you because you're sweet as pie. <laughs> oh. You're sweet as 3.14. Yeah, whatever it is. 3.14. But he quotes it within 32 digits. Yeah, that's yeah. what he does. Until she's like, Shh, quit talking. Stop. It's like, I can keep going. She's like, I know. I know, but I'm not impressed. It's cute, but I'm not impressed. I yeah. know pie too. And nobody knows that any, at that point if you're just now making it up. Let's be honest. You could just now be, yeah. I don't know. Or he could, he could be like, our, our chemistry is undeniable. Mm, I like the, he was probably like, you must be a 90 degree angle because you were looking right, girl. You got a right angle, get it? You get it? Right? Because yeah. you're in a cute triangle Aww. to me, and I'm an, ob- I'm an obtuse triangle, <laughs> and we should hypotenuse our genitals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely going to get her. That's going to, I, I she, think that'll work on anybody. That's good. Yeah, nobody's going to turn that down. <laughs> so they made a good pair. Yeah. The, the two sums together made up of... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let me let me long division your pants. <laughs> let me minus off your clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to the power of my... Um, you're hot. <laughs> Does that work for you? So, Does yeah. Does this do anything malevolent? They exchange letters. They're pretty much air, uh, inseparable at this point, even to the point where they, like, probably lived with each other, even though they had their own dorms, but they kept their own dorms for appearances, right? But That's really cute. They were living together. They were doinking, I'm sure. In sin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gross. They had fun, cute games. They even called each other different names, and I wanted to note that down because that's something that I, I, I find common today. Yeah, like, um, like, like a regular thing that people do, like Penguin and Wizard. Yeah, that's what me and my wife call each other. Yeah, everybody. Every couple calls each other that. Yeah. It's very typical. No, but I mean, I've heard other people like, like she called him Johnny and he called her Dolly. Where does that come from, do you think? I don't know. Just a cute. Yeah, she's just Dolly. What are you up to there, Dolly? Let's go to the movies. Well, I guess not movies. Let's go to listen to the radio together. <laughs> yeah, the dramatic radio hour. <laughs> and I would bet like a romantic adding for them is like, you know, I'm a, like a math lecture. I think they, and yeah. they're both just hot as fuck <laughs> in the back. Like, do you hear what he just said about oh, that? Oh yeah. my god, he's talking about calculus in ways that I've um, only dreamed about. Hold on, is he gonna? Is he gonna take it to the nth? <laughs> oh, it's infinity. <laughs> Those numbers are imaginary. It's too hot. We gotta go. We gotta go right now. <laughs> well, it's like you know, couples of a few decades later are giving each other hand jobs in the back of the movie theater. They're in the back of the lecture hall, just jerking each other off. <laughs> Just, okay, quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> In a <laughs> silent lecture hall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just blow your load all over the back seat. <laughs> Why would they say that? Why would you say that? 
wouldn't they? <laughs> Good call. <laughs> I've got no answer. Oh, shit. I'm crying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's Excuse what they're me, doing. <laughs> we could all hear you, by the way. <laughs> like, very clearly. <laughs> Blow your load over the Imagine that, like, a completely silent lecture hall. <laughs> and you just hear, like, <laughs> just pants unzipping. <laughs> just zzz. What the hell? I can't breathe. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It just... Oh, shh, shh, that was my dick. That was shh. my dick. I'm sorry. Shut up. I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, okay. Get your pussy. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a very lovely, yeah, lovely relationship. Yeah. So they had a yeah they had a fun funny kind of relationship because they were both brilliant. Like Albert would go on and be like, "You're beautiful," and would would go on about how how good she looked, and then would immediately go right into how he read a book on electromagnetic waves. Like, they had that kind of relationship where they were... That's awesome. ...playful and cute, and then would just dive into this intelligent shit. Yeah, that's cool. It's like, yeah, regular couples who were like, oh, fuck, yeah, man, Iron Maiden. They meet on the same level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, me and my wife about Tool. Yeah, 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 I've heard this story. Same shit. It works. Yeah, find somebody who likes the same dumb shit you like. There you go. And then you lock them in for life. Yeah, and you take them to a lecture hall and diddle them. You diddle them till they, yeah, till they squirt all over the back <laughs> of the seat in front of them. <laughs> She's a squirter. <clears throat> Sorry. Shh. Okay, everybody, be quiet. Everybody, be quiet. Oh Christ! <laughs> I like it. I like picturing him say, "Everybody, be quiet." <laughs> him who shouted out. She's a squirter! Shh, everyone, shh, everyone, be quiet, Christ. Who said that? We're in a lecture. This is a, a lecture hall. Uh, but yeah, so um, Albert does introduce Maleva to his mother, and his mother hates Maleva. She thought that Maleva was inferior to her son. And, and likewise, actually, oh, come on. Albert, when he was introduced to Maleva's parents, they hated him. So both sides, their parents hated the other oh, Star-crossed lovers. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Their families are going to have to fucking kill each other. In the year 1900, when Albert was about 21 years old, Albert passed the exams in math and physics, and he was given his federal teaching diploma. Ooh. And he spent the next couple of years searching for a teaching posts, but without any luck. Unfortunately, he could not seem to find a job. There were just no positions that hmm. seemed to ever be open. So, Why is that? Is there any indication why nobody would hire him? It didn't seem like there was any reason that they wouldn't hire him specifically. It's just like... All the positions are full up. Okay. And he'd be like, I'm a really smart guy. Can I come in? And they're like, that's awesome. We would love to have you, but they don't. Can't but our math department's full. Yeah, so. Try England. Something. Try Russia. He actually spent quite a few years looking for, at least for a teaching job. So this is kind of a strange scenario that happens that historians don't really know the full details on. In around 1901, 1902, Maleva gave birth to a girl that was named Lizerol. Lizerol? Okay. And uh, <laughs> I believe you. The reason why this is weird is because so Albert, during the time that she was giving birth, he left. He'd gone to Switzerland trying to find work and stuff. And Maleva just went with her parents and had this child. Nobody knows what happened to this child. And it came out with weird hair. <laughs> yeah. It's and all. <laughs> and it was like, hey, I'm, hey, one plus one equals. You and me, Mom. But Lizeril, I mean, it, she was either given up to for adoption or she had possibly gotten some sort of illness and died 
basically within the first year. The baby did. The baby, yeah. Okay. So nobody knows what happened to Lizrael. It's it's a mystery to this day. Hmm. Some people might have believed that he that they gave it up for adoption because they weren't married, and she became pregnant, and that would actually prevent him from getting jobs at this time. It would yeah. actually ruin his career. Where it's like abortion's not a safe thing yet. Yeah. And a young couple that doesn't want to be married at this point, yeah, the baby becomes a weird casualty of our collective backwards morality. Yeah. Gross. So it was either good up for adoption or possibly got like scarlet fever and died within like very early. Got the cholera. Got, got, got cholera. And uh, yeah, you know. So kind happens. of a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Babies die. They died a lot. Just die. Yeah, they're just weak little stupid creatures. And they scream. Like, give me the titty, and if you punch them once, they're dead. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's really pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> in 1902, when he's about 23 years old, Albert was finally able to land a job. He got a position in the Swiss Patent Office in Bern, Switzerland. Ooh. So this is... Where like, he stole... Yeah, so this is a, a, all yeah, the... <laughs> a funny joke that gets yeah. told. Yes. That's from Family Guy. Yes, so he was working in a patent office, and at the time... Uh, you know, Family Guy did a joke about it during this time that, that some he, obscure genius came up with relativity, but he stole it. Was putting a patent into it, but Einstein he murdered killed, the guy. <laughs> killed the guy, and then just wrote Albert Einstein on it and hey, perfect. turned it in on his own. That clearly is just a joke and wasn't yeah, not even. Well, I think that's based on some dumb conspiracy theory as well, but dumb. Yeah, no, yeah. Albert proved himself many times over that he yeah. was a genius. So, but yeah, so he works at this patent office. It's a good, decent government job. So he would work six days of the week, steady paycheck. It was able to have enough income for him to actually marry Melissa now. Ooh. And he knew he would need his parents' approval, though. Her parents? Everybody's parents, okay. pretty much. He yeah. went oh, even though he's twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-three. Yeah. See, this is why it's good to be American. You just do. Tell everybody to sh eat shit and fuck off. Yeah. But, yeah, back in old day Europe, you have to ask, oh, my did cousin's you... cousin and my parents' cousin and her parents. And did you ask your, your wife's parents? No. I didn't either. I don't, I mean, it seems not only antiquated, but gross. Well. We're like, oh, the father has to approve. It's sort of like an exchange of property. It is really, yeah. It's don't weird. Like it I mean, I didn't ask my wife's both for that opinion and her parents are both drug addicts off the map. Oh, well, there you go. But I think in your case, because I know your your wife's parents are, are uh, you know, an established Mormon couple, but that's not, they don't own her. And also, I mean, from my point of view was that me and, me and my wife had been living together and, and together for five years. And those five plus right. years have nothing to do with her parents. Exactly. Eat shit, guys. Albert did not feel the same way as you and I, and so he went, he didn't actually go to her parents, he went to his parents, knowing that his mom was going to say no, he went to his dad, who happened to be on his deathbed. Ooh, bummer. And so Albert was pleading with his dad, being like, I love her, just let me marry her, like, give me your blessing. I know, she's a nerd and she's really smart, but come on. No. Uh, Albert's father, come on. just before he died, gave his blessing, he was like, alright, go do whatever makes you happy, son. And then he's like, I'm dead. Marry the nerd. Ugh. And so Albert took that as a good enough sign, and he... No! I mean, yes, thank you for the approval. No! He's dead! Yeah. That's pretty accurate, I think, it's probably. Hard. It's pretty harsh. Nobody has it written down, but that's how I would imagine it. Yeah, and then he disappeared like Yoda. It was just clothes. Probably, I mean, your guess is good. I'm not right? a nerd. I don't even understand that reference. Nerd. So, working at the patent office, Albert had found a way to do 
his work really quickly and would use his free time to work on his own scientific hypotheses. What? And he had a lot of great ideas. Remember, math genius, science genius, we haven't talked about what he's thinking about, but it's because it's all kind of coming right now. He's working on some shit. Yeah. Or like government jobs are often pretty mindless depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Not always, of course. But File the, this, stamp that, stamp in the, that. In the patent office, you know, you just cross-reference other patents and then you stamp the shit. So he's got a lot of free time to be like, hmm, if I sat on a train and I was moving away from a clock... Blah, 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 blah. You're pretty close to kind of what's going on. He's got a brain for it. So, yeah, he spent all his time trying to work out different problems that he had when it came to math and science. And when he even got home from work, he'd also continue just working on all the stuff that he's been thinking about, reading more and more books. Hmm. In 1904, Albert and Maleva tied the knot finally, and a year after that, they had their first son named Hans Albert Anstein. Hans Albert Anstein. Mm-hmm. As they would say. And despite having a new child, Albert was too preoccupied in his work. In fact, Albert wasn't a very good father or husband. We're going to learn he gets pretty bad. Bummer. As much as we can praise the guy for being an extremely high intelligent genius, Mm. uh, yeah, he's a shit dad and a shittier husband. This this episode might turn to the unexpected. Yeah. Because... People time. We don't hold back. We tell you all the things. Well, we have we have no quarter for bad dads and bad husbands. And also, we just don't like it. If you have blemishes, we're not going to pass over it for the sake of keeping your honor. You're a person. We also know that not everybody's perfect. So you know, that's, You're, that's yeah. what happens, unfortunately. And nothing, we're not going to skip over that shit. Nothing is sacred. You were a flesh and blood person, and you could have been a cool dad. Yeah, but maybe then nobody knows for sure that atoms exist. <sighs> That's the thing is, you know. There's a compromise there. So at least with uh, Newton, he didn't really hurt anybody. He just was celibate his whole life. Yeah, I don't have any problem with him. He's so, just a sad weirdo. That's how you get calculus is being a <laughs> don't have sex. And that's fine. Ne- it doesn't hurt anybody. Don't ever come once. If you have sex, yeah, you, you might not figure out calculus because you now you learn this other awesome thing. You know, when you're nine years old and you get your first boner and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. But uh, Noon kept doing that up until his 40s. Where he's like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck? And he refused to touch it. That's how you become. That's how you create a new math. Yeah. Where you sort of slap it a little bit, but you don't touch it. And I'm not excusing Albert. And I'm not saying that he couldn't have done it, you know, while being a good father. So I'm just saying that. Maybe him being a good father and husband would have mean that his scientific work would have suffered. Well, that not that's an excuse. To quote Immanuel Kant, sure, be a good dad, asshole. I don't think he said that. It's the moral imperative. Oh, okay. morality is about your responsibility to others. Yeah, but science is for others. Oh. I don't know, man. His science is neat conceptually, but all it did on the physical world is create the atomic bomb. Hey, 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 you're skipping ahead. Sorry. And and then did other stuff, too. Okay. Al, hold your baby. He's crying. I'm busy. Yeah. Okay. You got it. You understand. Here okay. We, here we go. So, yeah. I'm, relatively, I'm pretty busy. Yeah. So I he's said, trying to... I said the joke. Albert's trying to... a uh, He's trying to solve the mysteries of the universe, especially with gravity, because, yes, we know from our episode of Newton that Newton had figured out a whole bunch of awesome, crazy shit and invented calculus in order to find out more. However, Newton couldn't explain why gravity was, you know, what exactly... Yeah, what's the deal? Yeah, so this I think is... I saw a diagram once where he thought it was like... And he didn't know why, but it was like a mass... 
there's a physical line connecting to another mass, and they affect each other, and he's just went shrug. Yeah, that's basically, yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Okay. It's kind of like, oh, well, that it, sounds good enough to me. So, like, it happens, and then, like, God is like, because. And I was like, yes, sir. Man, I will never touch my penis, sir. Noon was very into God, so. Touch your penis. I don't think I should, sir. No. It scares I me. I have to figure out these numbers. Calculate this dick. Now, all of this didn't go well for Maleva, because here's Einstein, here's Albert, who is working mm. on all these awesome projects that he's got, and he's working at work, and he's coming home, and he's spending all his time doing that, and Maleva's kind of stuck just watching the kid, mm. and she's an intellectual. She knows information when it comes to physics, and she, they used to talk about it and stuff. She and could help. Yeah. If not even help, she could have been doing this for her own career, but because they had a kid... And because Albert's like, I'm working on science stuff, someone has to take care of the kid. It kind of just yeah. fell on her. If they were seahorses, we would all know about Maleva. And Einstein would just be another guy in the background who's like, hold your child. She's like, I'm busy. She's like, I'm going to fucking discover shit, if, bro. If we were all seahorses, which would be a different... I don't know if there'd be podcasts if we were seahorses because we'd be underwater and the microphones wouldn't work underwater oh we'd come up with underwater microphones you I think, think. So. maleva or somebody would there would be some she, she yeah she probably would have whoever invented out. microphones would figure it out yeah dr mike uh, dr mike would have <laughs> he would have figured it out him and maleva would have had an affair came yeah. up with underwater microphones blah 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 people time you know like the most significant things that happen in history it's important to they're they're always going to occur yeah even if if we're primates or or seahorses. Right. So, unfortunately for Albert and Maleva, pretty much from this point on, their marriage just continues to deteriorate over time, and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. A year after Hans is born, Albert and Maleva stop discussing about physics. They no longer have those kind of conversations. Yeah. Albert is, continues to stay later and later at the patent office. because the passion is gone. Well, he's not going to get bothered. So, even though he's off shift and would have normally gone home and continued working on his scientific stuff, he decides to stay... But just work on his scientific stuff there. Ugh. So I don't want the I don't want her coming in and bugging me and asking me questions and stuff. My stinky ass kid. Yeah. Gross. My wife asking about relativity, and I can't explain it to her. She probably wouldn't be able to understand it for sure. She would if I told to her because she's smart. But I don't want to talk to her. She's, yeah. She's always bugging me about stuff. Oh, when are we going to pay rent? When are What's, you going to spend time with your child? Are these your laundries? What's going on with this? This laundry has uh, been piling up for ages. Why are your clothes always inside out? Where are all your socks? Because Albert didn't wear. He liked to wear socks. He didn't wear, that was a thing? That's a fun fact I guess I should probably bring up so everybody else gets it. Oh, okay. Well, I, it's kind of somewhat known. but I, I don't know that. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He didn't really wear socks. He put his bare ass feet into shoes. Yeah. Like leather old school shoes. Yeah. His feet definitely smelled terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's, probably. That's awful. That's probably a good a good mathematical conclusion. Thank you. Two stinky feet without socks going into leather shoes equals smelly feet. Yeah, fungus. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. It's gross. So now that, Albert... That's why Maleva was over it. She's like, yeah, you made this kid, but you smell and you're weird. <laughs> Stay in the patent office, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> so Albert's working on these uh, groundbreaking theories that we're now going to go over. So we can start talking about what he's been doing this whole entire time. This is huge, though. Oh, this is this is some of the best work that science has. So much fun, you know. So of the scientists we did, Mary Curie figured out how to work radium alone in a 
in a room that was glowing, glowing, glowing green. Yeah. Newton was by himself over the summer just tinkering. Yeah. And Einstein is after hiding after hours <laughs> hiding from his wife in the patent office. This is, how, yeah, this is how you change the world, guys. Yeah. So we're talking about 1905. He's about 25 years old. And this is known as Albert's Annuus Mirabilis, which huh? is Latin for miracle year. Science loves Latin. I don't... I don't know either. I don't know what the deal is with that. Dinosaurs are Latin, too. Who gives a shit about the Latin? But this is like a huge year for, for science in general. Like, this has been used before, this Anus Mirabilis. It's been used, but... Because it means... What does it mean? A new... It means miracle year or... Oh, Anus. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, and so it's it's been used, I think, once or twice before. But this is like... That's how big this is. They also gave one to Albert. And these... Wow! These are the four papers that he uh, he wrote. Hit me. We're gonna go over them. So he wrote a paper on photoelectric effect, which this will earn him the uh, Nobel Prize. Way to go! He did not get a Nobel Prize, by the way, for his theory of relativity, which is kind of odd because I, was I think bigger. I, I wonder but, how much of that is because they couldn't wrap their heads around it. Or, maybe there or was the like consequences we of gave him one. <laughs> he doesn't need this motherfucker. He's he, he's gonna take one every year for the next whatever. Yeah, we don't need that. You get one for the photo thing, <laughs> even though Mary Curie got two, but she got them in different subjects. Yeah, physics and chemistry. Yeah. So for merit, smarter than Einstein. There you go. Oh, I mean, if you remember your episode of Mary Curie, this is like one. I think the first episode of People Time is Mary Curie. It is, yeah. And I remember from that episode, Einstein called her. Yeah, he was a big supporter. And was like trying to drive her to keep going because she was going through some sort of depressive stage. Well, like her husband died and yeah, I don't remember all the details, but yeah, she almost quit science and it was him who... But Albert recognized how fucking smart she was and like, yeah, please, I I get it, but please keep working on science. It almost felt like a fan letter was like, as a fan for us, keep going. And yeah, yeah, put a fire in her ass. Hell yeah. And she, she got the Nobel Prize in chemistry after that. So they are definitely contemporaries. In different fields. Oh, yeah. I love, I love that episode of Mercury. Let's go over a photoelectric effect. So in order to explain this paper, um, I have to give a little bit of backstory. Back, Please. Back in Isaac Newton time. Way back. Which we didn't quite go over this in this episode, on the episode of Isaac Newton. Hmm. It's kind of whatever. But So they were debating at the time of Isaac Newton if light was actually a particle or if it was a wave. That's, we're still talking about that. And Isaac had thought that light was made up of particles. And if you remember his old rival, Robert Hooke, which we did talk about him in that mm-hmm. episode, he thought it was a, a wave. So they clash. And the problem is, is that they did some tests. And at the time, they were like, oh, this test proves that Robert Hooke is correct. It is actually a wave, not a particle. And they just kind of dropped it from that point. Hooke wins. Yeah, Isaac stopped arguing about it, and he's like, whatever, okay. I guess. And then it doesn't get brought up again. However, the experiments that they did, though true, showed that there were a wave, there was actually more to the equation. There's more they could have tested and actually found that there's a different answer than just it's a wave. And this is where um, Albert comes into place. He's going over all this information, and he's like, I think there's more to it. And he does some crazy tests, and he discovers that light is both a particle and a wave. I didn't know that. He discovered that fact. Yeah. Matter of fact, he actually discovers and states it even further. Today, I think we just say light is both a particle and a wave. But Einstein really goes into it being like, well, it's a particle when you're doing it this way. It's a wave when you're doing it this way. It's yeah. both when you're doing it this way. So technically, yes, it's they're both. 
but you use actually different ones of how it acts depending on what your math equation is going to be. Which, like, to try to figure out the answer. I think we've talked about before. The best physical representation is the, is the double slit experiment. Yeah. It sort of displays that it can act as either depending on the situation. Yeah. Who the fuck knows why? But it, it is clearly the case. Yeah. It's one of those few things that like the math speaks for itself, and then you can have a physical demonstra- demonstration. Yeah. That's weird. It's so fucking weird. Well, and it goes into even more. So, yes, we're talking about it being a, a, a wave. He, he actually called it wave packets. Now is basically his way of saying both particle and wave. Well, and here's the cool thing is these packets that he's talking about, he basically goes on and explains photons, which is something that was also kind of just... Speculated or yeah. theorized, I guess. So he's now talking about how photons work, and this is where his theory continues on, is that he theorizes uh, that... Okay, this is clicking now. When light hits an object, specifically usually a metal object, and I think certain types of metal, yeah. it actually emits electrons. The, the metal does. Yeah. So if you shine sunlight onto a, a, a metal sheet, mm-hmm. it actually loses photons. Well, electrons are f- charged photons right right which so, he deemed actually called photoelectrons before they were called photons it's probably more it sh- they should continue to be called that because it's more uh, precise this sound which so i might be totally off but i remember i read a carl sagan book he was talking about this that einstein took an anvil which people used to use to make shoes and swords sure <laughs> Mo- mostly our generation knows them from looney tunes right he took an anvil and you heat it up and it changes colors because as the particles accelerate from the heat, they start emitting photons. That's the color of red and orange that hot metal looks like. And that the photons bounce off of the metal because there's so much excitement in there, they all kick each other off. Yeah, yeah. And so he was saying that it can be a wave when you're calculating it as the colors moving through the air, but more so precisely, they're little packets of waves that are shooting off individually. That's a really good way of explaining it. I think that was Carl Sagan who put that image in my head. Carl Sagan's brilliance. So there you go. Right up there with finding. I think he just we explained it way better day. than what I was going to, because it's essentially what I was going to say, <laughs> but that's just better worded. Well, I, sun, that's not my words. Sunlight hits the metal and knocks some of the electrons away from the metal. And that, yeah. Yeah. You're like, metal have a ton of electrons, because that's what makes the metal. And, and, this and then is... they, they, get, they get knocked off. That's why magnets and electricity and boners, that's why that's <laughs> all of that. That all, that all is in it. All of that. Well, this is revolutionary at this time, because this is going to open up a field of quantum physics. This is also, by the way, how we get solar panels. It's Ooh. the same idea is that you're sh- you're getting energy yeah. from the sunlight that is hitting off and you're collecting those electrons that are bouncing that are, Which are getting knocked away. Yeah, little packets of photons yeah. get trapped in there and yeah. then you put it in cords and the cords go through the wall and then into your phone and you watch porn. And and then you put that energy with your arm and wrist. Yeah. And then you make life. So you the the friction you or make with your arm sometime. heats up the room. Um it just continues on. Yeah, everything is solar power. Literally everything is solar power. So, thank thank you, sun. Now, he publishes this paper, and there's an American scientist named Robert A. Milliken who was uh, convinced that Albert was actually wrong on this theory. He thought it was incorrect. Shut up, Milken. And so he actually goes through and spends years basically peer-reviewing. He thinks it's wrong. He's going to prove it wrong. And instead, he ends up proving Albert Reisica. Hey, man. I tried to poke holes in it. I thought that it was totally wrong. And uh, 
And it turns out it's right, and they both share the Nobel Prize in physics for that because he peer-reviewed it, essentially. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah he because... came back and said, yep, he's right. Well, but that's, Here's yeah, science isn't just being the smartest asshole in the room. It's somebody being able, not being able to disprove you. Right. Because that's, that's one of my favorite things about conspiracy theories, like flat earth, uh, COVID vaccines are all fake or whatever. Scientists are competitive people who want to disprove each other actively. Oh, yeah. So when science comes out with something that's pretty solid, it's pretty fucking solid. Yeah. It's, there's a group of very smart people who've been trying to disprove each other for a long time. Yeah. They love that shit. Well, because it's... Ask a scientist. They want to disprove each other and be the person who's like, nah, he's an idiot. But I think they just as much get as, ex- as much excitement afterwards of if they can't disprove it, being like, like, oh, shit, this oh, guy's right. Fuck. Fuck, let's, let's look into this more. Let's there is going. a mind control device in the COVID vaccine. Holy shit. Except for no scientists have oh ever said that. Oh, my God. They haven't? No. I don't know. I saw a thing on YouTube. No, you didn't. I saw a thing on YouTube. I mean, you might have, but I that's... I saw a thing on Reddit. They were not, that was eight, our it scientists. was 8chan. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was 8chan. Yeah. So, one of the other papers he does, because uh, I said there's four of them, that was one of them. So, the other one's called the Bronian Motion. Br- Brownian Motion, sorry. Bro- like, hey, bro? Bronian? <laughs> Brownian Motion, yeah. Nice. Like, bronies? Mm, no. <laughs> no, not Those like wannabe horse fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, this paper helped prove that atoms exist. Now, it was already speculated. Matter of fact, I think people expected that there was atoms, maybe not under that name, since back in ancient Greek. Like, basically stating that there must be such a small yeah. thing that actually... You know, a lot of these small things built up make the things that we see. Like the word Adam is from ancient Greek. It's a guy named... Uh... Don't you start that with me. I swear to God. Yeah, His okay. name's Adam, but spelled A-D-A-M. No. I can't remember. It's Her- uh, Heraculus, I think. Heraculatus. For real? Yeah. And so he was just throwing shit at the wall. There was a the bunch of these one. dudes who were throwing shit at the wall. And he was like, I think everything's made out of little dots. And he called him Adams. And he just happened to be right. You realize that you keep doing this where you have all this knowledge. And <laughs> not our a... listeners are going to know there's a dumb one and a smart one. I told Quit... you, they don't know who's who. Quit saying smart stuff. I don't think I've said anything. Anyway, <clears throat> Adams are real. Yeah, well, Adams and Eves. So that this paper actually helps prove their existence. There was always theorized. How did you, I haven't heard this. How do you do that? This is kind of a strange experiment. So Albert helps prove that atoms exist first of all i have to say there is a shit ton of math i was looking at this and the math is insane i can't go into any of that for you unfortunately i can kind of give you like an experiment that can be done that is showing this as well and then it also matches up with the math because seriously the math looks like egyptian hieroglyphs (laughs) it's like there's a triangle and a wavy line and there's like an owl and a monkey scratching his ass well, and, the, well, the monkey scratching his ass isn't... That's not funny. That's a very serious concept. And the equation's like... This is actually the shorthand version. So if you're actually to pull out the monkey sh- scratching his ass, that's actually like 10 equations in one. It's just represented by the monkey scratching his ass. It's crazy amount of math. So... But essentially what ends up doing is Albert is stating that... Fucking monkey. There's these very small particles like dust or water molecules that you would get from steam that are bouncing around in the air... And they change directions when you're looking at them underneath the microscope, but they don't they don't follow a path. It's almost looks like it's random. Like erratic. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden it'll be like one spot and it'll be looks like you can point, follow point, it point, going point, one. Point, point. Yeah, and it's all over the place. This is a weird this is a Bill Nye episode. Yeah. I feel like And he says, Well why why are they like changing directions and moving around in such a crazy way? Why is it, Bill? And then he he believes the idea is that well, they're these air molecules that are actually, you're not seeing, and it, they're bouncing off of them. And they're so small hmm. that it's hard to see these, of course, unless you had a really powerful microscope. 
which at this time they don't have enough to be able to see that. So they're that's that's kind of what he's getting at is these other molecules that I'm watching must be bouncing off of something hmm. and it's something small. And then we now know you can actually do this experiment and that's exactly what's happening. Is you can take smoke. It's actually kinda of weird why you would do smoke or steam. Do you want me to light up real quick so we have a yeah. A visual here. And they will put it into under a glass and then they stick it underneath a microscope and then they can watch these things bounce around and, and so, then they see that And they can't see the the error molecules, as you will, yeah. uh, interacting, but it's... Or other even molecules, like it's atoms. Presumed it's there. Yeah. And so that's, that's basically bizarre. what's going on, and that's how he came up with it. And then he did, like, this crazy math that I couldn't ever fucking understand, and the math proves all of it. And they're like, oh, there you go. Atoms do exist. Good job. So weird. There was a guy in, like, weird. 30 years before him who was, like, pretty sure they're real. Like, pretty sure they exist. Particles? Yeah. Uh, atoms. Um, and uh, it was like in the 1880s, and he just wasn't able to prove it. Well, it's buttfuck Jones because nobody cared. Well, and I think I mean he's a pretty well-known scientist. It was just he didn't have the proof, so everyone was like, "Okay, it could be, it could be, who knows?" And then Einstein came in and was like, "Here, here's all the math that proves yeah. it." And they're like, "Oh shit, that's, okay." That's interesting because he was at the the right time that he could have the mechanics to prove it. Yeah. As opposed to before, where maybe people had the same thought, but they were like, "I can't prove that." Like Newton, if he was a few hundred years later, would have a similar, be like, I could prove this. Yeah. I bet. Figure out gravity. Probably could. Fuck yeah. I could figure out how to not be a virgin. <laughs> I, I can never. <laughs> I actually can't finish that equation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's the hardest equation man will ever see. Literally the hardest. And yet. It's uh, always hard. <laughs> always hard. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get into the third paper he published this same year. And what a fucking blowout year, too. Well, especially because, like, shitballs. any one of these by themselves. I mean, he got a Nobel Prize for just one of them. And he could yeah. have been like, there's my work for science. Thanks, everybody. And then he's good to go as far as making his but no. mark on science and history. Relatively, I have a special idea for you. Mm -hmm. Generally, it's special. Now, we're going to talk about special relativity. General relativity comes later. And then later on, in our time, people just marry the two together as oh, the theory not, of relativity. It's not part of his... Uh, blowout year yeah general relativity comes later he actually he's trying to come up with general relativity at least he's trying to come up with an answer for more than what special relativity comes up with mm. but he can only come up with special this time because that's as far as he's gone so i can just never remember the difference between the two but you say special is first yes okay so special relativity it is named as such because it's only for special circumstances and we're going to be talking more about space and outside of you mean earth when you're a handsome charming jew special that's the that's the special that's the special sauce Oh, yeah. I'll never be any of those. That sucks. <laughs> so, that sucks. Yeah, so special relativity, it's very specific. So that's where he later comes with general relativity, which we will talk about. Special is all about talking about constants. You have the speed of light, which is a constant. Yeah. Uh, light travels nearly at 300,000 kilometers per second. Okay. It is a constant. It doesn't take time to accelerate or to get to that. It's now, always traveling at that speed. He's playing with this idea of how he's trying to visualize how the universe works, really. And what's the deal? To give a quick idea, uh, light can travel around the world seven times in one second. It's very, very fast. But why would it? <laughs> but the most important part to remember is, is that it is a constant. That's kind of the whole thing when it comes to special relativity. So this is a lot easier when you have visuals to be able to break this down. If you're on Earth mm -hmm. and you're, say, let's just for an example, it doesn't really matter the distance or anything, but if there's a mirror in front of you that's 20 feet away from you. 
Okay, so me and Lizzo... Right directly in front of you. ...are sitting in front of a mirror. And you grab a flashlight, and you turn the flashlight on to the mirror. Okay. Am I holding the flashlight, or is Lizzo? You are. Okay. So, and you two dabblers. So you You're flip all the, here. You flip on the light, and the light goes from the flashlight, and it hits the mirror, and it comes back and say it hits you in the face. Ouch. Now, you could technically figure out how long it took for the light to travel this distance. I could calculate it. Yeah, you could calculate how long it took from the, from the flashlight to the mirror and back onto you. Right. And that's fine. But in his scenario of special relativity, he's now trying to picture what things, how they move in space in one direction. So now we're putting you on a spaceship. And you're traveling near the speed of light. Lizzo and I are on a spaceship? And the dabblers. Who's the pilot? Uh, Einstein. Oh, we didn't invite him. And Picard. Oh, Nice. So you're traveling almost... Earl Grey, hot. You're traveling near the speed of light, very, very fast on your spaceship. So, and this is important just so that way... So we're not going at the speed of light, we're approaching it? Is yeah, that what you said? You're near it. You're close. It doesn't matter the exact amount, but you're traveling so fast. The reason why it matters that you're traveling this fast is now, same situation. There's a mirror in front of you on the spaceship, it's still 20 feet away. And oh, you're okay, still- so I'm in the cockpit... You're in, like, this big bay of the ship. Me and Lizzo and the Dabblers. Yeah. Okay, and Picard and Einstein are shooting us at some type of warp speed that's approaching light speed. In one direction, yeah. Uh, We're shooting towards Zeta Reticuli. Sure. Star system. And we're in the cargo bay with a mirror again. Yes. Okay, and we got a flashlight. So now you go to turn on the flashlight. Okay. And the flashlight, the light goes from the flashlight to the mirror. And back and hits you in the face. Now, relatively, nothing has changed from your perspective. It's the same. It looks the same. However, if somebody was, hmm. say, not on the spaceship but could see everything you guys were doing and was watching you guys go by, from their point of view, now, the flashlight's light. They are in place, this observer? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say they can see really they're fast. All, they're standing on Uranus. Yeah. Watching us zoom past. Sure. Okay. And what happens, though, is because your spaceship is traveling so fast, the mirror is not actually in the same location it was when you first turned on the flashlights. Mm-hmm. So if your your spaceship's moving like this, here's your mirror, right? Well, technically, when you first turned on the flashlight, the mirror was back over here, but it's now moved forward with the rest of you in the ship. Mm-hmm. So the light actually has to travel at an angle, even though from your perspective... You're right in front of the mirror. It travels directly in front of you and comes right back. But from the perspective of somebody who's watching you travel on this very fast spaceship, it actually has to curve like at a 45-degree angle, hit the mirror, and then it comes back and meets you at another 45-degree It's more like a zigzag. Why? Because you're traveling so fast. You're almost traveling the speed of light. Hmm. So the light actually so- is trying to hit the mirror that is... Still in front of you, but it's actually moving too. So, if that makes any sense, the relativity is you don't your relative position different. in a closed system. Yeah. So if I'm cl- enclosed in this cargo bay, light will behave the same from my relative position. It goes forward and back. It will then act the same in the relative position of our observer on Uranus, seeing our ship going close to light speed. The the light is going to act like light to him mm-hmm. in his closed system in which my ship is already in. So light will always act the same to him and to the ship unless you're in the ship. Yeah. Because it's a it's it's about the observation well, within a, a closed uh, environment. And if it helps just to make it seem a little bit better. I think. That's you, what Lizzo told me earlier. If you have a mirror and it's on the spaceship, 
where's the location of the mirror if the spaceship is traveling if in space right like it's if you could actually calculate like okay it's this much north i don't know how you do it in fucking space but this much north, they have north and, right but yeah. the is that the mirror because it's on the spaceship is actually moving you have different points of where the mirror is at yeah so the idea is is that if you're watching from a, the a, the observer the observer that's not on the spaceship the light has to travel to the mirror, but the mirror's no longer in that spot. It's moved along with the ship. Yeah. So the light actually is curving. Now, here's where it's weird. Okay. Is well, that, it's not weird now? I know. It's just complicated. You can actually go onto YouTube and watch this. And Lizzo, it's help so me. It's so much easier to fucking watch and explain. But the point is, is that you, on Earth, when you shot the mirror yes. with the flashlight and it came back, and you calculated how long that took, it took the same amount of time it did when you were on the spaceship. Yeah. But the light actually traveled a longer distance. How is that possible? That's... The relative question. So what's so, actually happening is time is actually changing. You are slowing down the faster you go. That's the only way the light could possibly travel a longer distance but take uh, the exact same amount of time to get to you. So like when we talk about – so a, a similar uh, metaphor from the other side about how we measure speed is if you're the observer – okay, so me and Lizzo are on a train. Yeah. And Lizzo is walking away from me because I said an untoward thing because I do that. But Lizzo and I, we Who's fight. Lizzo? She, she's a singer. Oh. So you know I'm in love with Beyonce. Right. I'm getting more realistic that that's pro- that may not happen for me. I believe in you. I know. I, li- I like to hold on to it. I think Jay-Z's getting a little older. <laughs> um, but my backup is Lizzo. Okay. So I said something to Lizzo. I was like, she didn't like it. So she's walking away from me. I'm standing still on the train. She's walking forward towards the direction the train's going. You are standing on the side. Yeah. If you watch me go by, I'm going 65 miles an hour, which is the same speed as the train because I'm not moving. Lizzo is walking forward at three miles an hour, so she's going 68 60 miles. 60 plus the three. 68 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, if it was light, it would be the same speed regardless. You're right. That's the concept of what... That's what makes it weird. And... I believe you. I just don't. I don't know. It looks even better when you have a visual. If Lizzo kind of were thing. made of pure light, which her soul is, she would be going the same. She would not be going sixty-eight. She'd still be going the speed of light, both in both cases. What all this really explains, in, in a very odd way, is that there's something crazy going on with time. Yeah. How is time actually going slower or faster? Where it's wrapped into. Of course. Time is relative in the sense of, like, to you, you don't think time's gone any faster or slower. It feels the exact same amount of time. My head hurts. It gets it gets fun, and there's a lot more. So uh, the concept of, as as they say, space-time, that's what we're talking about so here? So this is where, yeah, we're basically coming up onto that. Okay. Albert is coming up with the idea, which is when general relativity is, is that space and time are actually one thing. They're not two Are we going to talk about things. two twins and one shoots off into space? And I didn't put doesn't... it in my notes. We can talk about that if you that's want to. Whole, that's always the metaphor. That's the same one. It's because it's an easy one to, I think, visualize. And yeah. I'd rather it be about Lizzo <sighs> shooting off into space to get me space diamonds because I was so romantic to her. But... When she came back, one of us was older than the other, and I don't remember how it works. I think I think I'm older, and she's the same age because she goes the speed of light, right? Uh, time drags Cause, on because if you mass like the faster you go, the slower time is, 
Right. So if Lizzo goes the speed of light to get me space diamonds from Zeta Reticuli at the speed of light, space diamonds, she comes back. It's been a thousand years or so for me. Yeah, you're dead. No, I, you know, I took some genetic uh, (laughs) manipulation stuff to keep me alive. So when she comes back, I'm an old man. I'm like, Lizzo, thank you for the space diamonds. And then I eat the space diamonds and they regenerate me and I become young again. And then we, uh, Lizzo and I violently take over the earth. Well, here's the cool thing is that this is actually provable. This is as wacky and as wild as it is, and the time is actually different. So we now know even more, especially with general relativity, which we talk about later, is that... This can be proved. Not only can it be proved, we've seen it happen. Like, even something as simple as our satellites that are orbiting around our planet Earth, right? Yeah. They're further away from Earth's mass, therefore time is actually slightly different. They actually have to be constantly because they're affected less by the gravity because they're farther farther away away. so the drag is less therefore time is actually a little bit faster than it is on earth for the satellite okay so besides we mentioned yes time slows down the faster you go time also slows down around mass and gravitational pull which is what gravity is it's just any yeah yeah any pull from some other thing like my pull towards lizzo <laughs> so i'll stop lizzo thing. but yeah so i mean we're, we're gonna go more into with general relativity but like you're saying with the satellite like you mean of like they have clocks they do on the satellite and on the ground they can see the time is different yeah it's however going, minuscule and they have to actually change them and keep them up with our time on earth so that way gps doesn't fuck up but there's a problem with this theory so the idea is that one it's not easy to test this we are not going we don't have spaceships that can go to the speed of light. Well, not until the Pius effect kicks in. Right. Um, <laughs> I love your thoughts on that were immediately like... Sure. Okay. All right. Sure. Your um, alien shit. And, and the other problem with this theory is this is not how things work on Earth. Things aren't at a constant speed like light. They are not going this, the, you know, traveling the speed of light yeah. in, in, in our cars or anything. Things have to accelerate. They go over bumps. There's drag. There's friction that slows down. There's all these issues, though. This is a nice concept that you can totally uh, use when you're talking about space and stuff. However, this isn't super wonderful when it comes to... And not relatable. Anything on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So but, that's one hey, of the issues. fun idea, Al. What about my mortgage? But, yeah, it, I mean, it's still really cool. I mean, the fact that you're finding out that time bends and changes and slows and speeds up depending on what's going on around it, around really the makes, space. really makes you question everything. Yeah. So that that's paper number three, special relativity. Yeah. All right. The fourth one, and this one we'll mostly go over kind of quickly. Uh, is mermaids. Merpeople. Merpeople. Einstein did not believe in mermaids. Because some people are born with webbed feet. That's... It's not his fourth paper. So the fourth thing that he wrote out was the equivalence of mass and energy. And he actually uses this formula or this equation, I should say, in the previous paper we just talked about of relativity. So Okay. So it's the E equals MC squared. Oh, fuck! Yeah. So this is what equivalence of mass and energy is. Is the most famous mathematical equation in all of physics. You know, it's beautifully simple. It, it can be quite... I think you can actually add in more to it. It depends on what you're talking about. Because there's yeah. a whole bunch of misconceptions with E equals MC squared, which I did not know. Hmm. One, first of all, the M, which stands for mass, is actually stands for resting mass. But apparently scientists believe that just sounds redundant because most of the time that's what they're going to be calculating, I guess. But there's other situations where mass is not resting. Well, so there's the argument that mass is never resting, right? Because well, yeah, we're always moving from some perspective yeah i think there's a whole you're now seeing that against some more complicated shit. okay yeah. but nonetheless this is what this whole entire thing is stating is that energy equals mass times the speed of light squared 
But what does that exactly mean? Well, Albert figured out that there was a lot of energy that was being held, contained, squeezed, really, into very small objects, including mm-hmm. small enough things like particles or could have it. Small like my dick. Or small like... It's really small, but it's holding a lot, a lot of energy. A lot of energy for Lizzo. Kapow! Kapow! As soon as yeah, as soon as Lizzo shows up, it really <laughs> releases. Scientists at the time thought that the properties of matter were only how much mass it an object had, and how much impact it could exert on its environment. Because we're still talk. I mean, prior to relativity, we're still talking about. Like the Galileo thing where it's like in a vacuum, everything weighs the same, right? So they're talking about mass as, as it affects its, its immediate environment. Where he is saying that mass is an equivalent of, of the energy output that it could have because that's what it's defined as. Yeah. That, that mass is energy compressed. Yeah. I can actually give you a couple examples to kind of make it simple. Please. So, for instance, scientists would have thought that a cannonball at rest has the same um, amount of mass as a cannonball that had just been fired out of a cannon. Okay. Um, They would say, well, yes, it's the same mass. It weighs the same. It's It's just the same object. One has more energy being exerted on it. However, this is not actually completely accurate. The ball that is being launched, the cannonball... It actually has now a larger mass because it's flying through the air. And you might be thinking, well, how does that make sense? Let me give you a better example. Let's say I have two watches. They're wind-up watches. They're both made exactly the same, identical in every way. They weigh the same, same parts, everything. Those cool uh, chain stopwatches that train conductors have? Yeah, I've got some of them, too. I have one somewhere. Yeah. So if I wind up one of them and uh, put them down next to each other, and one's not wound up, so there's nothing going on with that one. The one that's wound up actually has more mass, which might sound confusing. You're like, they're the exact same watch. Well, uh-huh. yeah, but one you have the one that's wound up has kinetic energy now. It's got springs that are all loaded up that are tight because it's wound up, so it now has potential energy that's in there. Ah. Uh, the gears that are now moving against each other with a little bit of friction, now you have thermodynamic energy in there. So the argument is... Yes, mass is a physical thing, but what Einstein is saying is that when mass interacts with an environment or other mass, it gets heavier. Yeah, because it has mass, more mass. Mass is just the environment interacting with itself. Which is weird. I, I mean, I still think it's a weird thing to think about. It is weird. But that's essentially what is going on. And with E equals MC squared, it proves that, yes, that certain objects actually have it, yeah. more mass. It's 100% on what's true. Going on with I mean... I could prove it. You know, if you clone me and Lizzo and you have us having a, a picnic yeah, over here and then next to us just fucking wildly. Yeah, sure. Um, the fucking wildly would be so heavy. We would rip through the core of the earth. Yeah. We just. <laughs> and then we'd get to the bottom and we would just become nickel. We would just absorb into it. We'd just be pure mass. Nice. And then the picnic couple would be jealous. <laughs> but it's science. Yeah, that's the thing about science. I want to be. It's nickel. all about jealousy. I want to get fucked to the center of the earth. <laughs> I want to become pure nickel. <laughs> now, there are actually some really common misconceptions when it comes to this, and mass is usually the culprit. Especially, you'll see some videos where people talk about how energy equals mass with the. Uh, the speed of light squared, right. and that it should be reversible, and everything has this ability of going back and forth, but apparently that's not exactly true, and the more huh. I try to look into this, the more complicated it got. However, people would throw this around quite often, so I think that's true. It's just that 
there's exceptions or maybe there's more rules you have to follow when you go that route. <laughs> Who knows? So you can't just necessarily say like, cool, I have this cannonball. I want to turn this into pure energy. You can't really just, okay, I want to do that. What you have, First of all, it'd take an immense amount of heat. Yeah, we just don't and have... And you're going to lose all of the energy that's getting burned off of it. But even if you were able to contain it, like you can't just necessarily take something and say, I'm, I'm going to completely convert it over. I think there's other rules you have to follow. Well, but you can calculate how much potential energy it should have. That's what the problem with this high-end physics is, is that it's only ever experimentally uh, observable under certain conditions. And yeah. even then, occasionally. So people tend to not believe it. Because it's it's hard to wrap your fucking goddamn head around, and then it's also hard to present in physical reality. Yeah. And you just kind of have to trust the, the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, trust the math, which and, has been tested and proven. Yeah, and it's not a it's not a religion. It's not a faith. It is. It's not. It is. But it's not. You're so wrong. It's not, but it is. It is, but it isn't. It's not a religion. I know it's not. It's it's definitely not. Wow. It, is, it is. It's important. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> You're so wrong. So what you take away from all of this is that there's a massive amount of energy actually in small objects. You have a religion. So... Besides just saying, like, well, this cannonball has more mass than, you know, that's flying through the air than the one that's at rest. He's actually figured out that there's actually a shit ton of energy within s- small objects, like even, co- like, particles. Potential energy, right, that becomes yeah. kinetic. Yeah, we're talking about, like, splitting atoms and stuff, and all of a sudden you're finding out there's a lot of potential oh, no. energy there, right? A whole lot of energy in a very small, compact thing. You because cut, it's you times that. by the speed of light. That's... Would we say 300,000 kilometers per second? Mm. So when you're taking a small object and you times it by 300,000 nearly, that, that's that's how much energy it has. So saying that so every uh, packet, as he liked to say, or every particle has the potential energy of the speed of light output. It's mass plus the speed of light. Every, every little light. particle does. Yeah. So, so if you get a particle that it's specifically excitable... And, you, and has and enough you, mass. And you just cut it. You just cut it a little bit. And then it cuts the ones around it. You kill a bunch of Japanese people. Pretty much. Which we will get into. Did he... Was that part of his theory? No. Where he was like... He was not looking to use this for any kind of destructive or anything. We're going to find out that, like I was saying before, Albert is a pacifist. And uh, there's yeah. actually multiple times where he tries to avoid using science for harm. It is sad. Scientists are generally peaceful people, but... Yeah, say la vie. So there you go. The, those are the four groundbreaking papers that in Albert one? wrote and published in one year. In he one published year. it all. I, he wrote it more than one year. He God. took it multiple years. But he published it all in one year. So he, he was building it on purpose. Or he didn't release it when he was ready. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leash I all think he's four just, at once and then make the whole world go, fuck? I think he was just one of those people who just constantly was working on multiple things at once. And he was working on all of them. And one, we get the E equals MC squared. We get that from his other one they're kind of they're separate but he uses the equation in one so he was clearly using sure. working on both of them at the same time putting it together and then the other two i don't know i don't know how he figured all this shit out he's just like i like working with really small things and a lot of big numbers this is fun so during this time albert is so involved with this work uh he's just kind of further shutting out his wife and his own kid unfortunately his wife maleva is just growing more jealous because here, she's going to see him working on all these awesome papers and release them, publish them to the scientific world. And she's her career basically doesn't exist. She doesn't have a career. Like, she just, she's, she's a now. full-time mom now because yep. he's absent. And, and there's a certain sense of, like, what do I sacrifice for this genius? But I'm also smart. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, it'd been one thing, like, here, if it had been me married to Albert Einstein, I would have gladly been able to step out of his way because he's clearly going to do stuff. And yes. I'm only going to hold him back. But she really was extremely intelligent. Well, that's funny you say that. We are both married to pretty intelligent women who yeah. run our households. Yeah. And we are just there because we admit that, like, I'm no, dumb. I just I just need to, like, work here to yeah. make this work. Yeah. But Maleva, Maleva? Maleva. Yeah, she, yeah, she didn't come up with her own shit. She would, yeah, if she would have not married Albert, and she would have married maybe some idiot who would just go to work and put his head down, come back and help take care of the kids, she might have gone super far in the scientific world. We don't well, know. Well, what happened with Hans? Did he become awesome? We'll talk about Hans. I was going to say, like, motherhood is a job, too. Maybe she kicked ass at that, but that does seem less, uh... I mean, he he becomes a scientific engineer who teaches engineering. Yeah, but, you know, like, when people say that, like, motherhood is a full-time job it is just feels well i don't think you can easily do other like you it would be a lot harder to do what einstein's doing while also taking care of your kids switch off days <laughs> well i mean i agree i'm <laughs> saying from a level like take care of the kid and work at the same yeah. lengths that einstein is bummer or, but you're right they should take fucking turns what an ass I don't know. So that same year, Albert produces these huge, impactful papers. He also works on a thesis called The New Determination of the Molecular Dimensions. That sounds fancy. Oh, buddy. And because of this thesis, he's now awarded his Ph.D. in physics from the University of Zurich. Woo! In 1908, Albert is recognized as one of the leading scientists and is appointed a professorship at the University of Bern, which is in uh, Switzerland, and is teaching about electrodynamics which is a branch of physics involving the study of electromagnetic force with the physical reaction that occurs between electricity-charged particles. Which matches with his, his uh, Nobel Prize. Yep, yeah. exactly. After a year of teaching, his colleague, Alfred Kleiner, recommended him to go take a newly created position as a professor in theoretical physics, which he then took. Of course. This is going to be a fun job. Well, he can't, he can't have... What's the other kind of physics? Applied physics? He yeah. Can't, he can't go the speed of light. Yeah. We're just, theor- we're just theorizing here. Albert uh, continues on studying and writing more scientific papers. In a couple of years, he writes out 11 more scientific papers. These papers cover Fuck. radiation mathematics, quantum theory of solids, thermodynamics, and analytical mechanics. The guy just doesn't stop from this point on. He's just like, oh, just pump that out. Here you go. Science. Yeah, science all over your faces. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 science oh, on your face. Science. Yeah. science on your face. Bring me a new face. Bring me a new face. <laughs> science. 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 And that's actually kind of accurate. What's going to happen soon? Anyways. He's going to science all over everybody's face. Everyone's face? Yeah. Bring me your face. He also studies... Quantum analytics. <laughs> Blah. There you go. Get out of here now. Get out. Yeah. And go publish that. <laughs> Don't wash it's it off. important. Yeah. It's important. He also studies continuum mechanics and uh, molecular theory of heat and the problem with the gravitational pull. God damn it. You are oh, you're just so much now. So that's what he's studying. My, he's putting I out papers a, on some stuff. He's studying other shit. I have a headache behind my left eye. Yeah. Trying to come up with content to talk to you about any of this. But I don't. I can't. Well, we're going to break down some more simpler stuff. I'm now throwing out the fancy stuff. Just I was going to say, like, yeah, all those papers you described, like, I was like... I don't know either, and I was not going to go <laughs> try to figure it out. I, so pre- I appreciate that. I just want to let you know, he's fucking doing oh, a lot of science. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the real big science nerds, if you want to go look up what he was teaching, learning about, all that stuff, you totally can. Lots of niche shit. Where it sounds like he's tickling at quantum mechanics. 
He is a little bit. Because I know the... He kind of opens up, which is funny enough, he kind of opens up through some of his research inadvertently, basically what would be quantum mechanics, the starting of yeah. the research of it. But he also didn't jump on into the quantum mechanics, like, theorizing shit till well, much he, later on. He was more of the relativity guy, which is the, the big picture. Yeah. Quantum mechanics for, like, whoever, Heisenberg and Bohr and Planck, you know, like the Copenhagen yeah. Agreement. They were small. And he was like, I guess I'm part of that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Plank, Let me talk about... He's, he's friends with Plank. Plank's actually kind of like his guy that like is constantly pushing him and being like... He was almost a mentor-ish to Einstein. Ooh. Yeah. That's fun. And he talks to uh, Bozen. He, he's, he's friends with all the scientists of this time. All, yeah. He, um, Google. There's a picture. Copenhagen Agreement. Yeah. All, all the guys are there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think Mary Curie's in that picture. But they're all there. Yeah. I think she's the only lady in that. That's cool. Yeah, European, like, turn-of-the-century science, like, what the fuck's happening? Picture Weird of these... shit's going on. Science. Shit, dude. And I still don't understand it. Yeah, nobody does. Uh, very few. Uh, at least, depending on what you're exactly talking about. But, yeah. No, yeah, our species is fucked. We hit the wall of what we can conceive. Yeah. So, uh, now comes, I think, well, in my opinion, it's kind of a little juicy part. Uh, Albert has had an issue with the theory of gravity. Oh, no. So this is kind of a weird thing to tackle because he's talking about Newton. Newton's one of his idols, essentially. But sure. Newton never really came up with like, well, this is what gravity is and here's why. All he said was this is how gravity acts. I can only calculate it. Here you go. Don't know why. You're welcome. Here's some numbers. Yeah, he threw up his hands, not knowing really much more after this that. This fucking apple hit me in the face and there's 18 and Tiffany's. three of them into Tiffany. And they keep asking like, give me more. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. They keep falling. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, the issue is that Einstein doesn't like this whole idea of just gravitational pull. Like, that just, there's gravity, and then something just, like, it, it pulls you, one giant mass pulls you towards it. There's more information that he wants to, to know how the actual universe works and how all gravity works. Albert's talking with, actually, as we were just talking about, Planck, who is uh, a physicist as well. For good, old, good old Max Planck. Yep. Planck length. Is yeah, a, yeah, is a quantum measurement. And he's, there's he's a whole important. bunch of other stuff that's named after Planck. He's a big deal over there Yeah, in the tiny, tiny little world. Yeah. So he's talking to Max Planck, and he says uh, he wants to further work on gravity. And Max tells Albert, he's like, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, you can go do that. That's fine. I wouldn't waste your time. One, yeah. like, you're not going to make it. It's, you're going to fail. You're not going to be able to figure this out. <laughs> not because I think you're stupid. I just think this is too complex. It's unsolvable. It's just hard. I think is what they thought at the time. So I think you're just going to waste a bunch of time on it and eventually give up. Also, even if you did figure it out, like, who's going to believe you? Like, it's, it's too crazy of stuff. We know it's too, it's so much stuff going on. Yeah, because I think, like, the metaphor that you made before about, like, going the light speed in space... I mean, that's the watered-down version of understanding Einstein's yeah. thoughts. And so I think Planck was like, you can't convince people of this. Yeah. Because even the yeah. boiled-down version is bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, is uh, pretty not, accurate. It's not wrong. So Albert doesn't care. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. I want to get it. So he's actually really big into what he would call thought experiments. Ooh. And uh, we've, we've gone over a couple of thought experiments. Okay. The... Half of the Tiffany sisters are going the speed of light. Yeah. The other half are wet as hell. <laughs> From seeing a John Stamos picture, one one the wet ones, <laughs> the wet ones way more because of John Stamos. Yeah, this is the John Stamos experiment. Actually, because it'd be contained all in the same thing, they wouldn't weigh more if they're wet because of their own. But the wet because the friction doesn't make their mass heavier. No, because that'd be like saying 
Because like the uh, the other half of the Tiffany's are going the speed of light towards because they're lesbians. They're going towards lesbian space. Right, but the part of space that's for lesbians. If I had a box and the box contained a glass of water in it. Yes. And you weighed it and you said that's how much it weighs. And then I spill the water into the box and then weighed again, it would still weigh the same. So if a girl is wet, as I don't you say, think that you're the the wetness is inside her and so that is accounted for when she's weighed the first time. No. And then when she's wet, as you say. You're not calculating it's for the same what John Stamos <laughs> does to physical reality. So it actually like makes more liquid than what actually existed. He makes he makes heat and friction uh, by his very existence. Anyways, so we'll go with Albert's thought experiment. That's probably more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, let's do let's do that. So Albert, he's actually in his office, and it's like a couple stories up in, in the building, and he's looking outside his window, and he sees some men working across, and uh, there's men working uh, on top of the building outside on the other building across from his. And he starts picturing, and I don't know why, but he starts picturing, he's like, what if one of these guys just jumped off the building? <laughs> he's having a bad day, and he's like, what if that fucking guy died? What, <laughs> what, if, if, he that... just, what if he just jumped? Oh, Fuck you! Jump! Hey, jump. Is your life, you're meaningless. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't know how the physics works? Could you imagine he opens the window, he goes, jump! And then closes <laughs> it, and like, let's see what happens. This is science. No, but Plank, I, take notes. <laughs> I guess he's kind of also picturing himself as the man. So now, like, I guess it was just the idea that they were up there working and they could possibly fall off, or who knows. That's fair. But he's like, okay, so if I were to jump off the building, he realizes that he would feel weightless until he hit the ground. So he's thinking about that. He's like, uh, yeah. it's almost as if I have no weight. He's, then he goes on a little bit further. He's like, well, if I was in an elevator, and the elevator, and you're at the very top of a floor, and it gets cut. Well, the elevator's now doing the same thing I am. It's falling. Uh, it's also weightless, but I'm also weightless inside the elevator. Right. And so he's kind of like mauling this over and thinking like... Well, it's just this... the same as Tower of Terror. <laughs> yeah. It's the same feeling. Yeah. It's a terrible feeling. It makes me shit I my pants. I love that ride. Oh, I hate it. I hate that feeling. But that's what he's talking about is like... That falling... The so like gravity, gravity can be perceived as a feeling of being held down... And you can equalize that by going toward the center of gravity. Well, and his thought is, is that, well, that's kind of like how it was in, it would be out in space. It would be, I would be floating around, right? It would it'd be like I was weightless. And then he gets this idea, and somehow he draws this line. I don't really actually know how this really comes about, because I understand the experiment, and then the conclusion, that I don't see the exact line between the two. Okay. But he says, well, so instead of thinking of it as a person is being pulled towards Earth, I would think of it more that space is actually pushing down on everything towards Earth. Okay. And this is actually accurate. So we talk about gravitational pull, and that's actually probably not a really great way of wording it. We really should be talking about gravity is obviously a real thing, and we have gravitational waves and stuff, but it's actually space-time. And bam, we have space-time now, which is oh, two no. things. It's, it's these two words that are actually the same thing. Space and time are one and the same. So when if space can be folded or can be contorted, it can be, you know, it goes around masses, it it's a, bends. A well, three-dimensional sheet Yeah, that gets bent from weight. Or round mass. Oh, I hate it. And so with this, time is also being distorted just as much as the space itself. And so that's what he's realizing is rather than thinking of Earth and there's this, like, force that's, like, dragging things towards it, rather think of it as there's space and then anywhere there's mass, it's shoving down towards the 
the mass earth whatever you want to picture yeah here. like the weight of earth is pushing space into itself yeah put a marble on a sheet yeah it's pushing space towards itself via its own weight yeah this is actually a really common kind of which is so experiment bizarre is that they'll take i almost don't believe it I, I, it's, it's real I know. Every time we do science episodes, I say that. I say I don't believe it. I believe you. I don't believe it. There's a there's a good way of trying to picture this that they do where, uh, for visual sake, they will take kind of like a big open cylinder. And it's kind of like, almost like a table, but it's not, not a table. It's just a cylinder. It's just the outer edge. It's all empty in the middle. And they grab like a kind of a stretchy fabric, like lingerie, hosiery, or whatever. And they stretch it across it's this the, cylinder. It's the panties that Lizzo makes me wear. Yeah. And we stretch them out. And you take a, a kind of a heavy object that's kind of large representing the sun and you stuck it in the middle of this thing. It would kind of sink down, but it also pulls all the fabric down in kind of a hilly, you know, kind of towards yeah. this. And then they would take a smaller object, which would represent the earth. Like a marble. You roll it around and it would go around slowly. And, and that's kind of how he ends up getting to general relativity as well, is these things with gravity before, yes, we could calculate how things would orbit around because of Newton and everything, but Einstein's now picturing it as there's this big sun that's kind of put down a big giant weight in the fabric of space-time, and Earth is just rolling around the top edge. Yeah, it's like, it's like slowly falling but towards not, the sun. Yes, but not enough to actually ever really make any headway towards it enough. Right, which... Because Earth obviously was going into, because uh, as a follow of Newton's laws, well, it's going about, in one direction, and it got caught into this kind of ring. Yeah, like the moon as well is is falling around us yes. in a circle. Yeah. So that's what we're doing, but with less momentum. We're right. just falling around the bend that the we're sun creates. We're just going creates. at the right speed that we didn't go past its gravitational pull, yeah. and it's not. You know, if if Atlas slow enough. kicked us directly towards the sun, we could hit it. Yeah, but the it's a question of uh of the momentum you have when you start that uh, that effect of the the circling. I really hope that we've not lost all of our tablers because I think we have. I'm probably think, too dumb to be able to explain exactly what I'm ex trying to explain. But look, you might not be able to understand all this. We're probably not great at explaining it, especially you can't see us and we're talking about it with our hands and showing we, visual. We cues. have we have in the in the uh, bunker we have puppets and a whole. Uh, solar system display but there's no video but anyways the point is is one i'm probably not certified enough to be able to explain it very well in general yeah just I a really don't. basic level but there know. are literal classes that are for free college course classes if you wanted to actually go into all of einstein's fucking yeah what uh theories what college is it that you mit yeah so there's some free on lectures YouTube. on youtube matter of fact i try to go watch uh mit's quantum physics and they have like a 26 course no thank you thing you know, 26 videos. Jesus fuck. And they're like three hours long. And I think I made it to episode four before it all just started sounding like a different language completely to me. So yeah, it, yeah, man, and it's definitely. you definitely should be taking pre-course you know, classes there, into other stuff before you. There are them. smaller YouTube channels you can look into this type of thing and get on the level with we are where we are, which is like level one. Yeah. Of the concept because yeah we have a cartoonish understanding of it that seems to be accurate in in that we're reinterpreting what we've been told why yeah don't know the numbers speak for themselves but there seems to be some indication that this is the case for 
You know, when you measure... Well, the math alone is... I'm telling you, I've looked at it. It's insane. It just looks like hieroglyphics. Yeah. And so, if you want to measure why the moon acts the way it does, relativity seems to prove that that's the case. It's, and not, it's, not, just, it's not just cartoons, I guess. Especially with general relativity. It is so specific and accurate. It's pinpoint accurate. And if it wasn't, it wouldn't work. And, and they I would have to scrap it. And I hate it. Well, didn't they... I don't know if it's in your notes. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. That they... they th- feel that they somewhat proved general relativity because oh yeah it's definitely proven well like the first experiment was they were looking at a solar eclipse we're going to talk about that okay that's what i'm saying okay so there's some indication that's true how, there's how more however, indication than that now however annoying it is to our brains because like yeah. for me to think about a bowling ball on a sheet seems so simplistic but that's two-dimensional yeah. so we're talking three dimensions in space where like the sun affects a, a, a foam of sheet around it yeah i hate it <laughs> i hate it i can't conceive of it it's it hard. makes me upset yeah I, th- I found one video that did it really well i think visually and it was nice to watch so send, you can go find it send it to okay I mean, if you really just type in kind of, uh, I mean, I think theory of relativity, there's, I mean, there's gonna be a shit ton of videos, but there's ones that are like basic breakdowns. Bunch of Vsauce nerds. I don't need that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know if he made one of them on this. Give break. me somebody cool to explain it. I like Vsauce. Like Danny Elfman or Tom Brady. <laughs> okay. So after this, Albert is getting a lot more attention for his ideas because he's now explaining all of this that we just discussed. And the excitement that we just had might have been a, a similar representation of the public going, what the fuck? And then the people who are on a higher level of science are like, oh my God, this is awesome. Cha-ching. So yeah, it, he's got four groundbreaking papers we talked about. He comes out with 11 more of other crazy stuff, more science shit. Then he comes up with, like, I'm going to go ahead and kind of go toe-to-toe with Isaac Newton and go further with what gravity is. Uh, beat the shit out of Isaac Newton's corpse. So everyone's going, like, holy fuck, who's this, you know, Albert Einstein guy? He is coming out with a whole bunch of awesome, crazy, cool... Hello, dude. Well, so Albert, because he's getting all this attention, he actually gets invited to this huge scientific conference where it's, like, Basically, all the greatest minds in the world getting together to discuss science. And Albert is the youngest one there. Shit. And I'm ret- well, he is like, what, 20-something? Uh, at this point, he's in his yeah, he's in his mid-20s. Damn, dude. Yeah. And the other scientists loved Albert. He was friendly. He was funny. People could see that he was clearly intelligent. With all this work he's just been pumping out, everyone's but- like, okay, this guy's the real thing like holy shit he's gonna change everything albert's wife maleva is like writing him and asking him to tell her what it's like that she's meeting some of her, he's meeting some of her heroes oh god and at the same time she's actually growing more and more bitter because she's, she's not a part of any of this she she could have been could have yeah could have been she's not but she has to singly raise hans yeah because he's defining space yeah well and soon they're gonna have a second son because he has two which is more important? I actually have one like right around now. Second son. Yeah, that sucks, man. Just invite her to your shit. Yeah. Bring your wife and your kid. It's not that big of a fucking deal, man. Hey, Albert was also distancing himself, it seemed like, from his family. Yeah, because they're a bummer. Oh, because they're, like, they're bugging me. They're bothering me when I'm trying to work. Oh, my God. So Albert is growing his reputation all throughout Europe and really the world. Things continue to go poorly with his marriage. Maleva receives a letter that was addressed to Albert that was from another woman talking about meeting up. And it seemed like it could have been some kind of like, let's let's meet up and have sex like we always do. Obviously not quite so blunt, but she has that idea that's what's going on and it's probably not wrong. That this is a serial 
thing for him. Yeah, he, so he's just fucking all the all the TAs. I'll let you know that during him and Maleva's marriage, we know of at least six, at least I say. What the six fuck? Six different times uh, that he slept with six different women. He does not seem like the horn dog type. He totally is. Look We're at that. Further and further into that. How fun. But it didn't really get brought up during this time. Not many people knew about it, so I didn't really wasn't going to originally bring it up in the story. But yeah, now that we know, I can say yeah during this but time I, frame. I do like that uh, early 20th century uh, Europe rock star level is being a genius, is saying some weird shit he, about space, and people are like, "My panties." Albert eventually reaches celebrity status. Yeah, yeah. But I just you know it would feel like a. The fastest horse rider or the best steam engine conductor would be getting laid the most, or or like an actor. But he's just Actors, releasing yeah. obscure papers and chicks that are throwing their panties of people off. people don't fucking understand. No. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's funny because Maleva actually sent a letter to the woman who sent Albert a letter. Maleva finds out she's married, so she sends a letter to that woman's husband. And mm. it's like, I think our fucking significant others are fucking each other or something and he's like that's fine let's just fuck each other <laughs> yeah so yeah, albert was very offended that maleva would do this he said it was uh, very inappropriate shut up Al. disgusting and so when albert uh came home they from that point on started sleeping in separate beds and didn't really have any physical activity in 1912, Albert goes on to a trip to Berlin, and he meets up with his first cousin and childhood friend, Elsa. Woo! First cousin! First cousin. and Love I, a first cousin! I didn't go into a, a complete detail of this. I know for a fact that they are first cousins. However, one of the sources mentioned that he, they were actually first cousins on both sides of the family. So that's first first cousins. So it's like, yeah, doubly first cousins. Like, on my mom's side and my dad's side. Which so means... apparently incest is not a... Uh, your kids will have weird teeth. And their elbows will work in the wrong direction. They'll be fully functional in the wrong direction. Yeah. And their skin will be an off blue color. So Elsa was a wealthy divorcee. She had two kids of her own. Wait, so he... I'm sorry, you said he met or he just met up with his first cousin. Like, hey, family reunion? Yeah, he met up with her. They used to be childhood friends and then they, you know, he moved away. So they didn't talk for fucking 20-something years. I'm not embarrassed to admit this. When I was growing up, oh boy, I because uh, 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 we grew up Mormon, mm-hmm. our only friends when we were kids were our cousins. I had cousin friends, sure. Yeah, my sister kissed one of our cousins, and another cousin and I had you know kid crushes on each other. Didn't go any further than that. Hey, you're kids, you don't know. It's kids. Yeah. We're, we're talking like three to five years old. Albert is not a kid. This is my point: is that if I and I've interacted with these cousins since as an adult. Hello, cousin. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Handshakes only. Physically distant. Hi, hope your life is going well. He meets the girl he had a crush on when he was three, and it's like, I want to fuck that. Yeah. What's that about? What well, is that? Let's get into what it. What is that? Yeah. All right, tell me. Is Elsa amazing? No. Yeah, fuck, man. All right, this is going to be a two-part episode because it's kind of long, so we want to make sure to give it to you in some you know, more digestible sections, but we'll make sure that both episodes are available. So once you're done with episode one, you can get over to episode two. Make sure you click on episode two now. Please don't go anywhere. It gets better. People time. And weirder.